Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Welcome you back. It's the Justin Kinner Show live here on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station, 1410 Wing AM. And, of course, we're streaming live at wingam.com. I saw the, uh, and I'm uh, less than a week late on this, no big deal, the Space Jam 2 mm-hmm. with LeBron James coming out. And my thinking is this. Why are they using Looney Tunes again? Like, are kids today... Do, for parents out there, do, you, do your kids still watch Looney Tunes? Do you put Looney Tunes on in front of your kids? Like, if they're watching Space Jam 2, are they, is it going to be... Like, for me, it was so damn cool watching Michael Jordan with Bugs Bunny and, and, and Daffy Duck and all that. Because I watched those cartoons. Do kids today watch those cartoons, and are they going to connect with those cartoons? Because to me, that was, like, wild, just seeing Charles Barkley and <laughs> those guys with... You know, Tweety. Um, <laughs> I feel like they should have used more modern. Like, I would love to see LeBron and SpongeBob on the same team. Kids still watch SpongeBob? I bet you more kids are familiar with SpongeBob than Bugs Bunny at this point. Mm. The Tasmanian Devil and all that. Again, all cartoons that I watched growing up. Loved watching those cartoons growing up. I'm just not sure. I'm not a parent right now, so I'm just curious. People. Parents out there, you could tweet in at fourteen ten Kenner. Do you do you have your do your kids watch Looney Tunes, or do your kids growing up watch Looney Tunes to the point that when they watch Space Jam two and they see LeBron James teaming up with uh, Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny, it, what what is that going to do? It's not going to have the same effect. My nephew, he just turned five yesterday. He watches the Ninja Turtles. He watches uh, what's those guys? PJ. Not PJ, it's not PJ Squarepants. I'm thinking of something. Yeah, SpongeBob Squarepants. That's what yeah, I said. Some, some PJ, some PJ, PJ, Mass PJ, or something like that. What about Family Guy? How about Family Guy? A good old LeBron <laughs> and Family Guy. And Beavis he, and Butthead. And he's a huge Spider-Man fanatic, just like me. So PJ Mass, that's what he so watches. I've never heard yeah. of PJ Mass. Yeah, like, PJ Mass. Like hmm. they got like a red guy, a green guy, and a blue guy. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I would like to. I mean, the Power Rangers. I mean, hell, like, let's see what I grew up watching. This. So that I don't even think Power Rangers are big now. Are they? Uh, I'm sure yes. they adapted the Power Rangers. They are still the popular. Very popular. Really? Yes. What do they look like now? Do they even look like the Power Rangers growing up? Same. They, oh, well, not you. not like that. When I was young, all oh, the pink Power Ranger man, she was my first love. <laughs> the pink Power Ranger. Britney Spears and the Naked Woman in the Titanic. Those were my first three loves growing up as a kid, right? <laughs> Never liked Rose, man. Rose could have shared that little piece of table. Eh, true. <laughs> Stupid script. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. But, but no, I, I thought about that. Like, so, like, for us, Space Jam 2 is going to be pretty cool. Yeah, get to watch LeBron James, but and we we will be very familiar with the uh, cartoons characters in there. We'll be con- you know we'll be very familiar with Bugs Bunny and Daffy and all them. But I'm not you know if I had kids that were two, three, four years old, I don't believe that they watching Space Jam say, oh, I know who the, the those characters are. Yo, Sammy Sam. There you go. 
All right, four five seven nine four six four. Okay, here's the deal. The schedule release for the NFL coming up later this week, Thursday night, eight o'clock on the NFL Network. Brian Billick, he's going to join me tomorrow on fourteen ten Wing Live. Uh, so make sure you're following along on our social media channels at fourteen ten Kenner on Twitter at ESPN Dayton as well. Uh, plus, use the search ESPN Dayton fourteen ten Wing AM on Facebook to like the Facebook page, uh, so that you can tune into that. And we'll also have parts of the interview on the show um, tomorrow afternoon as well. So looking forward to talking with Brian Billick tomorrow about the schedule release coming up uh, that the NFL Network is doing Thursday night again one more time at Eastern NFL Network. So, we don't know what the Browns and Bengals schedule is going to look like, but we know who is going to be on the schedule as far as the Browns and Bengals are concerned. We'll start with the Cleveland Browns. Here's who the Browns have at home. These are the opponents that the Browns have at home. So, at home, whatever kind of home field advantage there will be in 2020. All right. I mean, right now there are plans of I mean, right now what we're talking about, the NBA tipping back off with no fans in the stands. Uh, Major League Baseball, we're coming up with all these scenarios of how they will come back, and none of the scenarios include fans in the stands. Every NFL story that you hear right now and read uh, talks about, you know, limited fans in the stands, or there's going to be new special entrances and exit strategies um, for fans in the stands to limit you know, bulking of fans, which cracks me up. I don't know how they're going to do that, by the way. How would you do it? Would you do every other row, every other seat? Very church-like. Well, it's funny row. you say that. I read the article yesterday, and they said that you will be released, like, at a wedding when the game's over, which I don't see how this happens because I think everyone's going to mysteriously have a bath to have to use the bathroom and take a bathroom break with two minutes to go in the game. Um, you will be released by section. So, what, sections at a time? Or it might even been rows at a time. I don't... I can't envision it being rows at a time. We're talking thousands and thousands yeah. of people. I'm assuming sections at a time. And it might be every other section on the left side, every other section on the right side, exit through these doors. So there's only going to be select exit doors that you can leave the stadium and come in. It's all very crazy, far-fetched out there. They're coming up with these strategies to be able to find a way to do it. But I just don't think that, again, we're doing that thing like we do with the gloves. It's it's more of a peace of mind thing than it is anything else. I If you're going to let even a thousand people in a building at one time, there, it doesn't matter about social distancing when you have a thousand people in a building at one time. I, I just, I, I don't no get No way it. you could get me to do that. And you got to think about tailgating too. Like, are they going to have police down there telling people, no, make sure you're staying apart. No. The social distancing police going to be yeah. out enforcing, you know, how close you are to, you know, those when it's colder and late October, November and December. Mm-mm. Tailgating and your own individuals. I, I don't. I don't I'll see be it. Tailgating at my house. So, anyways, with that being said, whatever a home field advantage will look like in 2020, I don't know. Do teams who play in domes have an advantage versus teams outside? I think that the teams outside would have an advantage over teams inside. I have no idea uh, as far as how that's going to look. I, I just. I don't think fans are going to be on board. I, I say. I know this sounds a little out there, anyways. Actually, it doesn't sound out there. Stop with the precautions. And let fans decide if they want to go or not. I know that's, no. a, that's a crazy thing. No. I know it's a weird concept. Absolutely but, not. But again, you're going through all this. You're going to go through all of this effort. For the outcome's not going to be what they want. People are going to spread it one way or another. So it's either no one goes to games, or but you still had to be responsible and try to stop the spread. You can't just be like, "Well, do whatever you want to do." But because if it's we, not if stopping we the like, spread, it, the spread has slowed down. But I'm talking about like as far as games are concerned, the 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 wedding exit spread is not gonna. It, I say no fans. Gonna. I say games, no fans. Oof. Enjoy the TV product. 
Well, we go from that to depress this conversation to this. So I, I bring it. I meant to go into the home opponents for the Browns in 2020 uh, because, you know, we're talking about the home field advantage. I don't know what a home field advantage will look like for any team in the NFL this coming up season. I don't know how many fans will be in attendance or if any fans will be in attendance. Will there even be a game to be in attendance for? We don't know. Bottom line is, here's who the Cleveland Browns have on their schedule in 2020 at home. All right. We don't know the set dates yet. That'll come out Thursday night. The Colts. They will take on Phillip Rivers and the Colts. The Cleveland Browns versus the Colts uh, in 2020. Are we doing W's and L's right now? Not this exact second, okay, okay. but that's a that's an interesting matchup right there because I just the Colts are going to be a wild card to me mainly, not just for the sake of the Browns' schedule, but because I I don't know they added J.K. Dobbins to go with Mac, so that's a hell of a was it J.K. No. Dobbins? Uh, uh, sorry, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Dobbins went to the Ravens, obviously. So Jonathan Taylor gets thrown into the running game with Mac, that's which was already a strong run game to begin with. Strong offensive line, good receivers. I don't think they have elite receivers. I mean Hilton. I mean they they need to upgrade that somehow. But either way, Philip Rivers, he's going to be a wild card. It depends which Philip Rivers they get. I mean, that's you're not ba- you're not high on Philip Rivers at all. I'm not. Philip Rivers, that train has passed. It's over. He's inaccurate now. Used to be one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. He's not accurate anymore. Super high with turnovers last year. Right by, well, not right behind Jameis because Jameis threw 30, but he was second in the NFL in interceptions thrown last year. I'm I'm off the Phillip Rivers train. I would have st- stayed with Jacoby Brissett myself. All right, so you got the you got Ant, or Phillip Rivers and the Colts at home for Cleveland. You have the Eagles. Now, do you have Carson Wentz's Eagles? Do you have Jalen Hurts' Eagles? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's another team that good enough to beat the Browns, bad enough to lose to the Browns. The Colts, good enough to beat the Browns, bad enough to lose to the Browns. Like, I think you're going to see really entertaining games you know, in Cleveland this year. Uh, the Raiders are another team that will be playing at Cleveland this year. Mm-hmm. So the Browns will have the Colts at home. They'll have the Eagles at home. They'll have the Raiders at home. They will also have the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson and company. Deshaun Watson against Baker Mayfield. Uh, I like that matchup right there. That's going to be very entertaining. Texans, another team, good enough to beat the Browns, but also they have enough flaws that the Browns could beat them as well. Uh, And the Washington Redskins next up. So, and then you add the Bengals, the Ravens, Steelers for the other three home games. But your five non-AFC North home games for the Cleveland Browns in 2020, the Colts, the Eagles, the Raiders, the Redskins, and the Texans. Uh, and that's in no particular order because we don't have the schedule yet until Thursday night. But those opponents right there at home, those are five very interesting opponents for the Cleveland Browns in 2020. I don't believe that either of those teams are better than the Browns, but I also can't definitively say that the Browns are better than any of those teams right there. The Colts, if I had to t- if I had to name one team, well the the Redskins too, I guess. I don't know. That they're definitively better than definitively better than better offensively than the, the Redskins. Well, I meant I am talking about the non-AFC oh, North, okay. the, the uh, non-AFC North opponents, but definitely uh Washington I guess that's the only one. That's the sure. only one you could definitively say. The Colts interest me a little bit. But, man, those those will be classic games at home for Cleveland in 2020. And then, you know, you're going to get to obviously see Joe Burrow versus, you know, Baker Mayfield for the first time. MVP Lamar Jackson uh, against Baker Mayfield and the Browns, who the Browns beat Baltimore last year at Baltimore. Baltimore won the return game later in the season. And then, you know, that 
that rivalry that you know definitely flared up last year between the Steelers and the Browns. This time you got Big Ben back. Maybe you know if Big Maybe. Ben and and depending on when the Browns and the Steelers meet. What would be really interesting is, and again, I question Big Ben's durability. I still think that if I had to guess, I'd put the over-under as 13 games that he starts for the Steelers in 2020. I'm being That's generous. Fair. That's fair. Um, 12 and a half. 12 and a half. So one of those three or one of those you know, three and a half games that, <laughs> that uh, Big Ben doesn't play in, if one of those games happens to be against the Browns and it's Mason Rudolph, uh, <laughs> holy smokes, man. Holy smokes. Hey, you know what? Even though I'm a... Steelers fan, I would love to see that. I would love to see Mason go back to the site of the crime. Oh, definitely. I mean, that would just be entertaining TV. That would be pumped up all over ESPN. Every network would be tuned in to that game to see what's going to happen. Well, the Steelers purposely benched him. Yeah. Last year, because right after that game, the Steelers had a bye week, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And then they started Duck Hodges the next game against the Browns two weeks later, three weeks later, whenever they beat, whenever they beat them. All right, so that's the one more time the home opponents for the Cleveland Browns in 2020. We will officially know the you know the schedule on Thursday night. But the Colts, the Eagles, the Raiders, the Redskins, and Texans are the five home opponents for the Browns outside of the AFC North. Of course, you got the Bengals, Ravens, and Steelers. Now let's look at who the Browns have to take on on the road. All right, so the Browns will have. They will be playing at Dallas, which if I had to predict, Browns at Dallas Thanksgiving Day. That's my Ooh. prediction. The Kenner Bowl. And I'm not joking. I can't be a fan of two teams. It's not, <laughs> it does, I would make fun of me, too. You can't be a fan of two teams. So when the Cowboys and the Browns go head-to-head on Thanksgiving Day, it'll be the Kenner Bowl. My allegiance will fall with the winner of that game. And if it ends in a tie, then the football gods have a sense of humor. I'm just saying. So there you go. All right? And I'm from, for the people out there, how could you be a cow? I'm from Texas, so there you go. Born and raised and lived in El Paso for quite some time. So I, I, that's, I'm allowed to be a Cowboys fan. But I can only be a fan of one. So the Kinner Bowl between the Browns and the Cowboys in 2020, hoping it's on Thanksgiving Day. So there you go. I think you're going to be right. So the, the Browns will be at Dallas. They'll be at the Giants. So Baker Mayfield versus Dak Prescott at Dallas. You'll have Baker Mayfield against Daniel Jones. OBJ uh, and, and the back Giants. in NYC. Oh, man, that's going to be good. Um, then you've got the Jaguars, You know Cleveland at the Jaguars coming up. Uh, they'll be at the Jets and at the Titans. So there's that. Hmm. That's, I mean, and when you start to look at that, you know, I'm looking at the Jaguars and the Jets. I honestly think that their home schedule is tougher than their away schedule. When I'm, th- when I'm looking at the opponents that the Browns have on the road, uh, the Cowboys, their offense is better than the Cowboys. Their offense is better than the Giants. Their offense is better uh, than the Jaguars, the Jets. Whoa, 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 whoa. Their offense is better than the Cowboys? Yes. Absolutely. Who do the Cowboys have? I mean, they have Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Yes, CeeDee Lamb's still a question mark. We don't know who he is yet. We talked about how there's not one legit, uh, not one, I shouldn't say that, but there has not been that true number one receiver that has really developed the last 10 years being drafted in the first round. I'm not saying that it couldn't be him, but it would be interesting to see if it is. Amari Cooper actually is the only one that's technically close to being a number one receiver. Uh, and and look, even if CeeDee Lamb plays at a high level for the Cowboys, that offense is still not better than the Browns. You have Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You have Hooper and Njoku. You have Jarvis Landry and OBJ. All right, you have Conklin. You just drafted the kid from Alabama, obviously. I mean, that offensive line is head and shoulders better than it was a year ago, and it's head and shoulders better than the Bengals' offensive line at this point. So, yes. Got Zeke. Okay. For every Zeke, you have a Chubb and a Kareem Hunt. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 
I, I'm not too sure about that. So you sure that Baker is better than Dak? I know you're not a Dak guy. I know you're not a big Dak fan, but I, right now, it's I cannot say that he's better than Dak because he had one really good year. Last year was a bad year. But I'm confident that Baker is more of what we saw in year one than in year two. So can I say that he's better than Dak? No, because Dak was, you know, was really good last year to start. When you when people start throwing his numbers at me, I'm like, yeah, but a lot of that was front heavy. He got a lot of those yards and threw a lot of those touchdowns early. The offense just totally fell off the map down the stretch when the games got bigger because he can't beat good teams and when the moment gets too big, <laughs> that's Dak. <laughs> and they got uh, the other receiver, Mike Gallup. Gallup? Mm-hmm. Gallup. Well, Gallup, your way off to the sideline, buddy. You're not even the third best receiver on the field right there. So you, you yeah. He'll be he'll be the he'll play the outside receiver. They'll let C D line up in the slot. C D will be in the slot. Let him slot it up. Slot it up. Brown's offense way better than the Cowboys' offense. Take my notes. Brown's offense better than the Cowboys, better than the Giants, better than the Jaguars, better than the Jets. Although they did add, you know, but Frank Gore. I'm not really intimidated by Frank Gore at this point in his career. Uh, they do have Le'Veon Bell. I like what the Jets are doing. A lot of teams are kind of loading up with that two back set, that two running back set. The Browns have that now. You look at what the Jets are doing. You look at what the Colts are doing when they drafted Jonathan Taylor. Uh, the Ravens are going to do a lot of that, especially with Ingram and with uh, with Dobbins. So you're seeing a lot of that two back set uh, in the NFL right now, as far as that's concerned. The Jaguars have Fournette but they're going to most likely end up releasing him at some point. Then you've got the stash. Sorry, not intimidated by the stash whatsoever. And then the Should Titans. Uh, the Titans have, you know, arguably the best running back in the NFL. Uh, the strong run game. And that's going to be up to, you know, the Browns fulfilling, the, you know, filling out that defensive roster the rest of the way. They have the most cap space or second most cap space of any team in the NFL right now. And they're just sitting on it. Go get some linebackers. I mean, it drives me up the wall. So, yeah, I think that their home schedule is actually more difficult than their away schedule, to be honest with you. That's fair. All right, we'll take a look at the Bengals' schedule on the other side, or at least their opponents for 2020 next. Hey, 2020 seniors, your friends at Lance Roofing and Siding in Fairborn want you to know how proud we are of you. We celebrate you, the class of 2020. We know you will go out into the world and do incredible things. Here's to you. Best of luck, seniors, from Lance Roofing and Siding. Back to the Justin Skinner Show, right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. We welcome you back. It's Justin Kinner with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash here taking your calls at 457-9464. Twitter at 1410-K-I-N-N-E-R. So the NFL schedule will be released later this week. We now know that, the, uh, of course, the Cleveland Browns, their home opponents, uh, will be the Colts. I'm not talking like that. I just mean, you know. And by the way, they're only showing. So how does that work? They added another game. So who's the extra game? That goes into effect this year? I, they said the full 17 weeks, oh, 17 weeks schedule, so it's not this season, right? It's not an extra game this season. I didn't think so. I was already an impression that it was the following season. I thought it was too, but regardless, what we're only seeing is this. So, interesting nonetheless. We'll keep an eye on that. Now, let's jump over to the Cincinnati Bengals as far as what their home schedule looks like. We talked about the Browns. We now take a look at the Bengals. The Bengals' non-con- or the non-AFC North games uh, at Paul Brown Stadium will be, of course, the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton will make his return to Cincinnati. I mean, that's kind of crazy, too, that right away. Uh, you know, and what's funny is, uh, if Andy Dalton, the Jaguars were another team that Andy Dalton could have potentially ended up with as far as a team that maybe he could have went and started for. Uh, you know, if you talk about and Andy Dalton, 
I have some audio from him that we'll get to around the corner where he kind of basically reiterates what I've been saying all along, especially over the weekend and yesterday. Andy Dalton said that when he looked at everything, that this was the right decision for him to go to Dallas to help set him up for his next move. Yeah. And that's basically what I was saying all along. So people that thought I was crazy for saying, oh, no, that the backup job is better than a starting job elsewhere. Look, that's how he viewed it. Uh, he viewed, Look, it's better to go to Dallas, hit the reset button, get comfortable. By the way, he's only played for one organization, and it hasn't been a great organization. He had success with that organization. But all he knows now is a bad taste of what football can be with how bad it's been in Cincinnati the last couple of years. Go to Dallas. Hit, you know, get recharged. Uh, you know, you're going to be playing for a different set of coaches, a Super Bowl, cal- a Super Bowl winning head coach. Obviously, you're go- he's going to learn a lot, um, and he's going to be protected. He's not going to be as banged up. I think it's a good thing for Andy Dalton, but that's a conversation for later. But the Jaguars, man, he could have been their starter coming back to Cincinnati. Uh, so the Cowboys will play at Cincinnati next year. The Jaguars will play at Cincinnati. The Giants, the Titans, and the Chargers. So there you go. Hmm. Okay. Out of those games, if you had tickets, which one would you go to? If you go only go to one of those games. Oh, Dallas. Their home schedule is putrid. Um, the Titans, I don't think, are a draw yet. Do you think Derrick Henry's a draw yet? No. I and that's not a, and even like even if they would have upgraded at quarterback, um, I just don't think that the Titans are a draw. The Chargers are interesting. All right, they, but Justin Herbert's not a draw to me. If right. they would have taken Tua, if they would have had a chance to get Tua, uh, if they would have signed Cam Newton, Cam Newton and the Chargers coming to Paul Brown, I would have, I would say that's a it's a it's a must see game in person with us only being an hour away. Yes, okay. uh, but the Cowboys of all the home games, the only home game that I've circled that I would have to go to would be Dallas, not just because I'm a Cowboys fan, but because I think they're a draw as well. Now on top of that, the biggest draw, the biggest home game of the year. For the Bengals, it's not, and you can include the AFC North in that, it's not the Cowboys, it's not the Giants, it's not the Titans or the Chargers. I think it's the Browns. I think that right now, I know that it sounds crazy, but the, their competition right now is the, is the Cleveland Browns. They can come, if they can make up a lot of ground, the Cleveland Browns are heading into year three of this rebuild, if that's what you want to call it, after drafting Baker two years ago. If Cincinnati can close that gap in year one after their 2-14 and 14 season, that's pretty significant. That would be a huge win for Cincinnati. Uh, yes, they would play at Cleveland, too, but I'm just saying. Would that say more about the Bengals or the Browns if the Bengals were able to close the gap with the Browns this upcoming season? Would that say how? That still says how bad the Browns are. Because they screwed up. I think they've made a lot of really, really good decisions, but the bad decisions have outweighed the good. Freddie Kitchens, the bad, outweighed the good. I don't think, and I don't care what anyone says, signing OBJ was not a bad thing. I mean, adding legit talent. When you're getting, when you can add a player to your roster that is one of the best at his position, I don't see how that's a bad thing. Um, Because I don't think that they're going to be married to him long term. I don't think they're going to be married to him long term. I think the results were there. I think the results were there. I think the results. I think the results in his uh, lack of production and the pressure that was on Baker because they gave up their best offense alignment. He was supposed to, to have him. surgery in the middle of the season. I'm talking about the offense. I'm talking about what they gave up to get him. They gave up the wow. protection piece. Well, yeah, Zeitler, giving up Zeitler was huge. However, I would have rather had, I had think, Zeitler. I don't think that they were a Zeitler away. But then they would have been where they were the year before, where, okay, they, their offense is moving, but they're still missing that weapon. They gave up the offensive piece, which, the line which they shouldn't have. Uh, they should have been more aggressive in trying to maybe get Trent Williams at the deadline last year, but I think they saw the writing on the wall that, hey, even with talent, Freddie Kitchens, they don't trust going all in to make a playoff run with Freddie Kitchens driving the bus. Look, OBJ played hurt. 
Baker didn't have his best year. How do you, why do you always him? give him credit for playing hurt? Because it's the I'm NFL. Looking, they all playing hurt. Not all of them. Yes, they are. There's a particular wide receiver <laughs> that everyone loves so much that couldn't play with the stud little pinky toe. <laughs> what? You give this dude so much credit for playing hurt. Yeah, I do. It's called being tough. And that's OBJ. And he played every game. He should have had surgery in the middle of the season. He didn't. He continued to play. So what? Ask an offensive lineman with separated shoulders what it's like to go out there and play football. What does that, like, what does that have to do? Did, I, saying, did I, I say, hey, Kev, I'm let's saying, talk offensive line. Let's I'm compare just, offensive I'm, linemen to receivers. You know what I'm saying? Like, the offensive linemen are hurt, too. You're giving him so much credit for playing hurt. Like, everybody's hurt. It's the NFL. Injured, then. He played injured. You happy? <laughs> you happy? Are you happy? If he's if he's injured and going out there playing, he's a dummy. If you're injured, you should not play unless it's the Super Bowl. Oh, well, I'm just saying. I like guys who play every game like it's their Super Bowl. So there you go. All right, we'll Alan be back. You know what? We're done here. You, we'll be back in a moment. Hour two. I'll end you. Hour two. <laughs> Home Depot is here to help you get it done. You can easily find what you need on our app. Order it online with the push of a button and have it brought to your door with free delivery on over a million items. We have the essentials you need, the online know-how you may need to do it yourself, and low prices that make it all possible. The Home Depot, a doer. Wing AM, tweet the show at 1410Kenner or give us a call at 457-9464. We now send you to the Wing Studios in Kettering. Host, Justin Kenner. Welcome in. It's the Justin Kinner Show live here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410. Wing AM, Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on a Tuesday. Hour one in the books, and we're off and rolling here for hour two. We're taking a look, of course, at the Browns' home or home and away games, or opponents, I should say, for 2020, as well as the Cincinnati Bengals' home and away opponents for 2020. The NFL schedule will be released Thursday night, 8 o'clock, NFL Network. Brian Billick, former Super Bowl uh, winning head coach of the Ravens, now with the NFL Network. He will be our guest tomorrow. Uh, he's going to join me at 2 o'clock on 1410 Wing Live, so you'll be able to watch the interview live on our social media pages, uh, Facebook and Twitter, uh, and then we'll have some of the interview for you on the show uh, later that afternoon. So keep that in mind for tomorrow. Uh, we had Chris Holtman on yesterday. He addressed the possibility of Ohio State and UD uh, you know, going head-to-head on the hardwood, so good stuff there. Uh, Marty Brenneman, uh, Adam Troutman, Dayton Flyer tight end that was drafted by the Saints. So make sure you go back and watch all of those at wingam.com. All right, uh, one thing we're going to get into here in, in a little bit. You know, the NFL draft was huge, obviously. It always is. Uh, and it felt even bigger this year just because with their, we're going 50-plus days without live sports. And uh, I know right now ESPN is airing uh, the KBO games and, you know, the Korean baseball organization games that they're airing and stuff. But it's, you know, it's baseball. It's live baseball. I get it. You're familiar with some of the names, not all. But we're we're missing you know Major League Baseball. We're missing NBA, NBA playoffs. We should be talking NBA playoffs right now. Um, we should be well into oh, NBA playoffs. I just thought about that. Yeah, man, we would like first round Lakers, Pelicans, Lakers, Blazers, something like that. Damn, I mean, yeah. that would be an awesome matchup to see Zion and LeBron or like Dame Lillard just 
going crazy and probably getting swept, but probably still dropping 50 points a game. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, so we're missing out on that, obviously. Major League Baseball, I can't believe that they should be almost 40 games in. That's what's nuts. Like, they should almost be 40 games into the season already if the season uh, was going off without, you know, a hiccup, the way that everything's kind of that's, – that's a good way to explain what's going on in the world right now. It's just one big little hiccup. Yeah. So there you go. But uh, so Mel Kuyper puts out uh, his big board for next season. And Trevor Lawrence right up there at the top where I think he should be. I'm a big Trevor Lawrence guy. Uh, I'm also a big Justin Fields guy, but Justin Fields is not up at the top with mm. Trevor Lawrence, and I'm a little surprised. Um, it's interesting because I just heard Mel Kuyper the other day on Golik and Wingo talk about how he believes Justin Fields is going to you know, battle it out with Trevor Lawrence and being the first quarterback taken off the board in next year's NFL draft. It's, I do believe it's going to come down to those two. Uh, it'll be interesting. There's always that name that's going to pop up out of nowhere. We've talked about that. I mean, Joe Burrow, I don't care what anyone says, no one expects right. the year, not just the year he had, but him winning the Heisman, LSU success, winning the national championship, him going number one overall, no one envisioned that happening. Yeah. Not with Trevor Lawrence coming back for Clemson, not with Justin Fields transferring to Ohio State, not with Tua coming back for year three for Alabama. The L- what LSU did, and although right now it's like, oh man, with how dominant they were, it's no surprise, but honestly, you got to really think about what the expectations were for the college football season in 2019. LSU wasn't on anybody's radar. I mean, they were your top 10 team, like a lot of you know SEC teams are. No one envisioned that. You know, maybe you envisioned them maybe losing a game or two, but being a thorn in the side of an Auburn or, you know, an Alabama, you know, Florida. And so, no, everyone else tried to be a thorn in their side. It didn't happen. This was, so I wonder who that team is and who that quarterback could be in 2020. That's right. a big question mark. It's always uh, a surprise player that goes number one. Like, it's never the person that we expect. You think about, you go back to, like, the year that Mario Williams was the number one pick. You had Reggie Bush in that draft, Mike Leinart. Vince Young and all those guys in that draft, he was the number one pick. Um, you think about how basically RG3 came out of nowhere to win, not only win the Heisman Trophy at Baylor, but be a top three pick in the NFL draft. Like People didn't see that happening, but that's why we got to let the season play out and see all the excitement that we desperately want and desperately need from the college football season and NFL season because if you have a quarterback, there's no need to draft a Trevor Lawrence, you know? That's just the, if, like, the Bengals are number one again in the draft, they don't need him because they just drafted Joey B. So you got to let the season play out and see how the chips fall. Yeah, that that's going to be the interesting thing because we talked about that. Like, the Panthers right now, they just went out and signed uh, – Bridgewater, give him pretty you know sixty million three years. Is that what he got? I believe. Yeah. Regardless, you know they they hooked up their wagon to him, man. Like that's who they're they're rolling with. But if Carolina does not have a good season in twenty twenty, they could be, you know, drafting number one overall. You have Bridgewater the next three years. Do you say you know what we're moving on from Bridgewater? Well, you know, even though we have him for three more years, we're going to take a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, or do they take you know next best available player by position? They're, they're going to be in that position. If you look at you know the Lions. You know, they had an opportunity this year to take a quarterback, and they chose to stick with Stafford. So if Stafford's not the issue in Detroit, which I believe that they will be one of the worst teams in the league this year, um, they they basically didn't upgrade their roster. They got rid of Slay, their best defensive back, to just draft Jeff Fakuda, a very, very good back coming out of college. So I don't think they improved their team. I think that they got rid of a really good defensive back and replaced him with one. But you're right back to where you started. So Detroit could be picking high in the draft next year. They didn't. If they didn't move on from their quarterback this year, I don't know why they would next year. 
So I don't see them taking a quarterback. If you're looking at the Redskins, they have Dwayne Haskins. However, this will be a telling year, um, you know, as far as that's concerned. If Ron Rivera does not like how his team looks with Haskins at quarterback, it could be replacing him with a with another Buckeye quarterback or Trevor Lawrence, depending on how the tea leaves fall. Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, the Giants, I don't know how much better that they're going to be. They could be picking up at the top as well, but they have their quarterback in Daniel Jones. Uh, the Jets, they have, you know, they're not a good team either, but they have their guy, obviously. They just drafted him a couple years ago. It's going to be interesting how all of this pans out. Cincinnati could be a 3-4 win team picking at the top next year. They have their quarterback. So Trevor Lawrence is not guaranteed to go one or two next year because we talked about this the other day it's amazing when you look around the league a lot of teams have their quarterback and they're in the feeling out period right now mm-hmm. so i don't get like the raiders i don't think that they're sold on their quarterback but i also don't think they're that bad to be picking number one or two or three next year so i don't think they'll be in that shape either the broncos they seem pretty locked in on lock so i don't know there's just you know the cardinals another team Got to question how good they're going to be. But they have their quarterback in Kyler Murray. So it's interesting. There's a lot of teams who have their quarterback or in the midst of figuring out if they have one. So we'll see how desperate teams are to get a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence in 2020. Yeah, because if you look, look at how, was it, the Cardinals, they had, what's the guy from UCLA, their quarterback that they dumped? Who? Oh, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Yeah, they had Rosen. They had uh, not only uh, the first pick, but they also had made a coaching change. So, like, man, could you imagine that happening to the Bengals this upcoming season? I can't, but, you know, because it'd only be his third year. Going into his third year, I can't imagine him doing a coaching change that fast. But, like, I would hate for something like that to happen to Joey B. Like, I want him to get a fair shake. Uh, in Cincinnati, that ain't going to happen in Cincinnati. <laughs> I really don't see that happening in Cincinnati. Um, there are a lot of people, I mean, and I've heard it on multiple shows today, where a lot of NFL executives are coming out, of course, anonymously, like they do, anonymously, mm-hmm. saying that they believe that Joe Burrow is overhyped, that he's good, but he he has an Alex Smith ceiling, which isn't a bad ceiling, but, you know, do, all the hype that's surrounding him, you're, there's a lot more expectations than just winning you eight, nine, ten games a year and not going in the play. If that's the case, you might as well kept Andy Dalton. Because yeah. Andy Dalton can win you your eight, nine, ten games a year uh, and no, have no playoff expectations at that point. I don't know how I feel about Joe Burrow yet. I, just, I, I need to see what's going to look like out on the field. He has the weapons, no excuse, other than that offensive line, straight garbage. <laughs> that line is straight garbage, period. <laughs> but here is uh, Mel Kuyper's big board for 2021. Trevor Lawrence coming in at number one. Penne Suell, the offensive tackle out of Oregon, and I said that with confidence. No clue if I said it correct, but it, you yeah, know, I thought wouldn't. you were correct. Penne Suell, I'm going with it. I shouldn't even have said anything. I should just say it with confidence and move on. Uh, offensive tackle out of Oregon. Justin Fields comes in at number three um, as far as, the, you know, on, on the big board, as far as that's concerned. You keep scrolling down. I, I love this. How about Micah Parsons, outside linebacker out of Penn State? Yes, sir. Uh, I remember that name quite vividly. I mean, that was one that Ohio State was going after hard and wanted really, really bad. So, interesting note right there. You know he's going to end up with the Ravens. <laughs> with the way they, Sean Wade out of Ohio State, he is, has him number six on his big board uh, as far as that's concerned. But a lot of players of the Big Ten. How about uh, Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota? Uh, interesting nonetheless. How about Marvin Wilson, a defensive tackle out of your 
The Knowles. Florida State team, so there you go. Interesting, nonetheless, so keep an eye on this. But uh, this is one of those uh, years in college football where you're going to have Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, but I don't believe that the star power is as big as what it was last year coming into the league, coming into the season. Where you had Tua, you had Justin, well, just, you had Tua, you had Justin Fields, you had Trevor Lawrence, uh, you had Justin Herbert out of Oregon, and you get that cyclical. I just think that next year will be a lighter year, but you, it's the league got younger. You mm-hmm. had a lot of veteran quarterbacks taken off the board this past draft. College football will be a little younger. Um, you have Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, and I'm not saying that everyone else is bad. The Ellinger kid uh, out of Texas, you know the name. I don't know. But he's one. he is Joe Burrow-esque. For everyone out there that likes to laugh at Ellinger, let's be clear here. The way you think about Ellinger is the way everyone thought about Joe Burrow coming into the season. Texas could take that big jump that LSU just did. You never know. Mm-hmm. What? Ellinger is the same. The numbers are the exact same as what Joe Burrow was that first year at LSU. Ellinger can make that big. I'm not predicting it or saying, but like I've learned with Joe Burrow, again, we're talking fourth round, fifth round grade that everyone projected him to be, and he's the Heisman winning, national championship winning, number one overall pick. (laughs) And no one saw that coming. And that could be Ellinger. I doubt it. Yeah. But it's similar stories as far as that's concerned. All right, you're listening to the Justin Kinner Show live here on 1410 ESPN Radio. We'll step away for a few. We'll get back into the Bengals side of things as far as what's on their schedule coming up in 2020. Um, we'll get into a couple other big things. We'll get into the Michael Jordan documentary that we did not have time to get into yesterday. That's coming up next. E- Justin Kinner Show right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. Justin Kidder back with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. The Last Dance, episodes 7 and 8 coming up this weekend. Yes, sir. That, man, all I got to say about the Bulls, as far as that's concerned, during that stretch, they're lucky social media wasn't around back then. Absolutely. And Michael's a lot softer than you guys give him credit for. Oh, here we go. (laughs) What? Uh, let's hear. Let, I'll hear you out. Mike, I'm tired. I can't handle all the press. Oh, there's too many cameras in my face. I just want to leave my hotel. I hate. I hate being rich and famous. Oh, it's so tough being me. LeBron's done it for 17 straight years. Never once left the game. Not once. You don't see him crying and complaining. Yes, you do. About what? Yes, you do. About what? All the time he's crying. Details. He's Example. always crying. Uh, LeBron, uh, looked like you missed that layup on this. Uh, he got up and grabbed his man purse and walked out of the press conference. He said, do better tomorrow. It's great advice. Yeah, they, you, you, get, uh, you asked for an example. There's your example. But LeBron has never quit the game because he couldn't handle the pressure. Michael, quit the game. Michael quit the game. Yeah, he retired. He reti- oh, Put a cute little name on it all you want. He, he retired. He quit. He came back. So he quit and came back. Imagine, okay. Imagine how good LeBron could be if he'd just take a whole year off. He, whoa, 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 whoa. Did take whoa. a year off and stay at the house with the wife and kids and just hang out and eat bonbons. He went to go play baseball. Oh, yeah. Such a strenuous sport. <laughs> Come on now. The disrespect. <laughs> you play baseball. I'm telling you now. If... Le- if there was a documentary for LeBron and LeBron was sitting there saying, "Oh man, I just I can't take it. I mentally I, I I've I've checked out." I, LeBron would get absolutely destroyed if he had the nerve to come out and say that he 
that he is worn out and that he can't handle it. First of all, Michael Jordan straight up said it. I'm not making that up. That's not an opinion. He straight up said it in the documentary. I made sure as I'm watching him, I'm like, oh, I have a note. <laughs> I'm watching that because I, I forget things. I'm, I'm, I have a notepad out as I'm watching this, and I'm just writing stuff down left and right because I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. If LeBron actually came out and said, oh, I can't handle all the press and blah, blah, blah. Penny Hardaway, I heard him on Colin's show earlier today, said that, no, he loved that about playing in the NBA. He loved that he couldn't leave the house or leave his hotel without people being right there wanting his autograph. And that, that he loves it. That he loves that he was surprised to hear that Michael Jordan couldn't handle that. Me too. <laughs> me too. It seems to me that you're watching this documentary looking for things to not like Michael Jordan about. No, because I also wrote down in my notes that the media, I would have told them to F off too when they were asking him about, well, why are you gambling? Why are you gambling? If I had the money he did, I would be a lot more aggressive with my bets when I gamble as well. Put it that way. <laughs> so, no, I'm not anti-Michael Jordan. I, I'm down the middle. But Are you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. But I also know this, what Michael can't do, what athletes can't do. Like, for instance, LeBron James got absolutely destroyed for going the night before to watch his kid play. Where is for Sierra Canyon. That's where his kid plays, yeah. right? So there was a game about a month before all of this started. So it's been in February, you know, early February, where the the Lakers had a game either the next day or the night of. I can't remember what it was. No, it was the next day. So he had flown to wherever they were playing, wherever his kid was playing. And that's where he was all night with his family. And then he flew to Utah or wherever it was that they were playing that next night. And he didn't have his best game. And reporters started saying, you know, you, know, you looked a little tired tonight. Do you oh, think that was because- the, the game they were playing in Boston. Okay. And they were playing, like, in Springfield, Massachusetts, and they were playing in Boston, and they lost. So I'm using this as an example of the media ripped him to shreds because he went and attended his kid's game and still found time to get to his game. I had no issue with it. Uh, that's There's a difference between trying to make time for family and Michael Jordan hanging out. So, what, I wasn't even out late. I was out till about midnight, one in the morning gambling. I mean, I'm Michael Jordan. I can do what I want. Come on. Any other side? I mean, you, uh, you can't even go to a big what, playoff game what tonight. Media, what media member ripped him for that? Are you, did you watch the documentary? No, 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 no. Saying what media member ripped LeBron for going to his Oh, it was game. all over First Take. It was all over uh, Skip Bayless' show and, and Skip anything, and Shannon and all that. Anything Skip Bayless says about LeBron James. But this isn't just about is, Skip. Is, is none and void. No, 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 he no. Is, yes, uh, he hates he, LeBron. That is that that is stick, and that is one total spectrum of it. But first, take that, is, that, with is it. Left, that is the left side of the spectrum where other people are all the way on the right. Those people on the left side of the uh, spectrum of hating LeBron and then the fanboys of LeBron, I don't pay attention to them because no matter what you say or what someone evidence somebody presents, they're still going to say their version of it. Like, okay, LeBron won uh, MVP of the finals over the Spurs. Well, if it wasn't for Ray Allen hitting that shot, they would have lost. That's Skip Bayless. You sound stupid. Then, oh, LeBron James had a horrible game, horrible series versus the Mavericks. Well, that's because this, that, and the third. You sound stupid. He had a horrible series against the Mavericks. That is a fact. He allowed J.J. Barrera to guard him one-on-one. Those are facts. In the middle of this whole situation is where LeBron lays. LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players of all time, hands down. The what you are witnessing during this last dance document is the greatest player of all time, the GOAT. Look, 
Oh, you mean yeah, the guy that oh, I need help. I can't win on my own. I can't win on my own. Oh, thank Who you. Who wins you. on their yeah. own? Who the, wins on their own? Why are we discarding LeBron's cha championships? That's what people Who do all the time. Everyone that hates LeBron's everyone that hates LeBron James, the only person he went to Miami to pair up with Dwayne Wade no, 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 and no, no, Chris. No. I got I got mad that he left the Cavs. That's why I got mad. But for the same reason that MJ was getting fired up because they didn't he didn't have help when you know with Scottie Pippen out because he was also throwing a little hissy fit. Uh, so oh, wait, wait, till you see, wait till you see the Tony Kukoc situation. That's I saw the Tony. No, I, no, I watched no, both. No, I watched both. No, 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 it gets better. Oh, it gets better. Yeah, there's going to be uh, the year after... And they're both petty, both of them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we talked about this yesterday about I don't think guys of that skill, that magnitude, can make it to where they are without being petty, without being egomaniacs. I think that's just in their DNA, and that helps them become the great players that they are. But, yeah, in this, this one, you're going to see Michael Jordan retire, go play baseball, and the Bulls win, like, 50 games. And they're in the Eastern Conference Finals versus... The Knicks, and if the believe the series is maybe like a two-one Knicks or one something like that, and Phil designs a play because the Bulls are down by a point, and he doesn't give it to Pippen, mm -hmm. and Pippen was having the best career year by far. He was balling. He was uh, All-Star MVP for whatever that's worth, but he was having an outstanding year. He was still scoring about 21 points a game, but his shooter percentage went up from basically 50% to like 65%. He was outstanding, like stat stuffing. He drew up the play for Kukoc, and Pippen wouldn't go into the game. Kukoc hit the shot. It's going to be great on Sunday. That's going to be a great episode. But my point about Jordan and this gambling thing, I'm with you. Hey, man, why are you counting that man's money? That's his money. He want to gamble. Go ahead. Well, I didn't care that he's gambling, but I cared the night before an NBA playoff game against a really tough Knicks team. You're out till 1 in the morning at a casino, and you're not just you know sipping on some water. So you had that same energy about OBJ down on the boat. Uh, no, before. I did not. Why not? I did not have that. No, I mean, yes, I had that. Yeah, I was anti that, too. Okay, just making sure. Any athlete that gets caught out screwing around the night before a game, you're fair game. You're fair game. It's OBJ, Baker, Mayfield, LeBron James, whoever. I don't care who it is. Absolutely. Now, and I go back and I found this article, by the way, Dave McMenamin, uh, and I always butcher his name anyways, from ESPN. He was part of the media you know, scramble after the game. Before it even got into Skip Bayless's hands or anybody else, multiple reporters had asked him, hey, you look a little tired tonight. Is it because, you know, you got in so late after going to watch your kid's game? And then LeBron blew up at the media. Once he blew up at the media for asking him about going to see his son play uh, on the night or the day of the game, that's when they used that video clip on Skip Bayless's show and on first take. So I'm not defending Skip because he takes everything and, and runs with it as much as he can. But it's not like it was only a Skip Bayless narrative. Skip Bayless heard the narrative from the media scrum and then made it a whole segment okay. on the show. Okay. So I'm really, all I'm saying is, is, you know, we see it all the time, but there's a difference between, you know, I had no problem with LeBron barking back at the media saying, no, I'm going to go watch my kid play. There's a big difference between saying, I'm enjoying watching my kid play and I'm going to find a way. You know, he had missed, like, I think, what, he's a freshman? Yeah. And he missed the first six games of his kids, of his kids' freshman season. He missed the first six games. So that's why he said, forget it, I've missed enough, I have to go. So that's why he went and forced it. I have no problem with the player doing that and telling the media to shove it. Hey, my family comes first. But I had a problem watching that documentary when Michael Jordan had the nerve to throw a little, you know, hissy fit because who, the media. I, I, it's not against the law for me to gamble. It isn't. It, it's not. But, and I'm not talking about the gambling technically. 
It's the, hey, you have a big game at New York the next day, and you are out till 1, 2 in the morning gambling. That's, That's the problem. of their business. But, but again, if they hear it, though, that, again, every coach tells you. And, by the way, you know how many things athletes do that aren't against the law, but it still makes the team look bad? Uh, you know, if they're – or our local college basketball players around here, when they're out partying and stuff – you think that the coaches and program want pictures of them out partying and stuff the night before a big game? No, they absolutely are. They breaking any rules or laws? No, but the program still doesn't want pictures of them out and about the night before a big game. It just doesn't look good. It's the same thing here. It didn't look good that Michael Jordan was out at a casino at 2 in the morning the night before a big playoff game when they weren't even playing well to begin with. And no. you're supposed to be their leader. No. You, you, absolutely. I'm not I wrong have, on this I one. Have I no, am not wrong <laughs> on this no, one. I have no problem with athletes doing what they want to do. Really? What, no. Two in the morning? No. Drinking? Gambling? You have a big game the next day? Playoffs? Really? No. You have no, no problem, problem with that? With that. Okay. No. Like how, Very strange. Because how can you... You can't be on all the time. You can't... You not own... We don't own these oh, people. Oh, I know. MJ turned it off twice. He, we don't he, he own... He quit twice. We don't own retired, these people. Whatever you want to call it. We don't own these people. They have lives. They are allowed to live their life how they want to live their mm -hmm. life. And if he wants to go gamble, if he wants to go blow up some steam, by all means... Was he on the court when game time came down? Yeah. yeah. He also played like crap, and that's why fans started, and, and media started saying, hey, and you, you looked very lethargic. You looked very tired. They have the right to ask that. And what happened? And he threw a little... One fork straight. Okay. One fork straight. After, after he went to, like, he didn't talk to the media for, like, two weeks or something like that. One like he, fork straight and, an, and a championship. Well, it's amazing what happens when you get sleep and you're not out screwing around the night I don't know game. what he did. He could have been out on the bender for all I know. I don't know. Oh, I don't because mind. you know why? Hey, it's not why? my business what they do off there. Uh, it's not it's my business. No, but once it's out there, my hard job is illegal. You know what? Everything that we talk about comes from some kind of report out there. So uh, technically, it's like, oh, well, you know, what are the. Oh, I wonder what the Major League Baseball is going to do about the upcoming season. Well, according to Kev, it's none of our business. So, hey, you know, we just need to sit back and wait for the. That to is become part our of business. the business. But what they do off the. Like, okay, so what would have been the difference if he would have had. They were up in his hotel. And nobody found out. What's the difference? If nobody found out, then, no, then the news doesn't know, then it doesn't get out to the public. That's why I'm saying his crybaby ass is lucky so you that post social media people, didn't people, exist in the 90s. Because Michael, like Michael Jordan, poor Michael Jordan, he couldn't handle newspaper clippings. LeBron has to deal with Twitter and access to his kids. So that makes him a better basketball day. player? No. I'm just saying that Michael Jordan, we need to stop painting the picture as if he is just, just mighty God. That no Who one else does that? Are you serious? Besides Every single MJ was the only player. You've never heard one. me say that. I'm You've say, never heard me say that. I didn't that. say that you did. You just said every Michael Jordan oh, fan. The I'm a four, Michael five, Jordan fan. Four, four, five, seven, nine, stand. four, six, four. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you. who we got? Who is this? What's your name? This is Paul in Dayton. Who? Paul, P-A-U-L. Paul, how are you, Paul? Welcome into the party. How are you? Been a long time I've talked to you guys, but I've been listening to y'all on the radio about the athletes and stuff. Uh -huh. what's, your, what's, your, what's your partner's name on the radio now? This is Kev Nash. Huh? Kev, Kev Nash. Okay. I totally agree with him. I don't care what an athlete does. You're fired. What? <laughs> 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 you don't find cool Paul just like that. <laughs> That's how they try to do me, man. <laughs> what's up, Paul? I don't care what an athlete does off the field and all these show up for game time and it's not against the law, it's none of my business. I mean, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm 62, and I grew up 
when Joe Namath, Nick Manor, all them guys used to club, drink, do whatever they want to, but long as game time showed up, who cares? I remember Joe Namath used to go to a Playboy club the night before a football game, and if he was even hurt, he'd show up in the first home with Doc Glasses. Nobody thought it was bad. Well, now, regardless, and, and by the way, I don't like lose sleep at night if one of my favorite players is out at a casino till 2 a.m. but the night before a big game. However, if an athlete is out till 2 in the morning at a casino or at a bar or at a party or a concert or whatever, when you have a big playoff game, a Super Bowl the next day, NBA Finals, whatever it is, and you don't perform well and the media writes about it, tweets about it, talks about it, at that point, you're fair game. So that's all I'm saying is I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm emotionally investing myself into what these guys are doing off the court. However... Once the media gets a hold of it and it's out there, every, these guys are fair game, and they can't sit there and act like, well, what I do that's wrong? Trust me, every, they're going to run with it. Now, they you know, know what? I, I do agree with you on that point. If you're, if you're in the public eye and you screw up, you should get roasted. I have no problem. You know, if you got, like you said, you got the Super Bowl, you got a club, and you have a bad game, you deserve to get chewed up. But I don't think we should pass judgment just because he's there. Because if he goes to the Super Bowl, Oh, no, absolutely. But look, you got to understand, and by, if you want to go to the casino the night before till 2 in the morning, you better come the next day and play at a high level. And then no one I, talks I, about it. The story wasn't that he went to the casino. The story was, man, MJ didn't look like MJ this game. I wonder why. Oh, wait, there's reports coming out that he was at the casino till 2 in the morning. And or it could have been the Knicks play good defense. Imagine that. But one game. Just one game? They couldn't what do you play? They play good defense in game one as well. They also lost game one and game two, and then the Bulls right. proceeded to I win four that, straight I games. No, I thought that there was no team out there that could stop Michael I Jordan. I don't know who the you're listening to. The Michael Jordan could not know, be stopped. The I don't know ever. where. I mean, we have Google that, that has the history of the NBA. If you mm -hmm. stop listening to Skip Bayless and Google it I'm yourself. I'm not listening to Skip Bayless. Yeah, Skip because Bayless. that's the only no, guy I'm out there that guys I know like you. No, MJ, MJ, MJ's the greatest. No, it's not true. You know it's not true. I've never said that. I I noticed Michael Jordan. I believe Jordan I could fly. Absolutely, he's the goat. Hey, I think, uh, the goat. Michael Jordan can watching, touch the sky. Y'all yes. been, uh, been watching the Michael Jordan thing. Uh huh. It's been awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> With all that said, it was. Okay. I can't get okay. can't get enough. <laughs> I mean, you really you really jumping on both sides of the fence. It's really awesome. And let's just screw the guy. I don't know. No, no, no. Tell no, him. No, 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 no. See, that doesn't make sense. Like, just because you watch it doesn't mean that you have to fall in love with the guy. I'm actually witnessing, like, a lot of... I'm learning so much more about MJ that I did not know before because he was painted to be this magnificent superhero that had no flaws whatsoever, and all of that's being torn apart. And I give MJ a ton of credit because he has final say on what is in this documentary, and I cannot say enough how much I respect the fact that he is letting the doors open wide enough for you to see some of these things. So I will give him that. I'm, and I'm not anti-MJ. I'm just pointing out something that I thought was a little interesting when he pointed out that he couldn't mentally handle all of the media, uh, you know, surrounding him every single time he would leave any one of his rooms. I don't, I don't know what that is. If you're Michael Jordan, you got to expect that. I don't know. I don't know why people and even movie stars say that. I'm a big movie star, but I hate people recognize me. I just well, want to live a normal life. <laughs> we did not say that. Go, go, go get a job at GM or something if you want to live a normal life. <laughs> You've been working late? Beg your pardon? You've been working late? 
Yeah, I've been working, so okay, I haven't okay. been working, but, but I'm going to because Justin seems like the only person I know that got a kind of an equilibrium. Either it's Michael Jordan fans that love him, he can't do no wrong, or Michael Jordan fans that hate me, he can do no right. But, I mean, Justin is kind of in the middle. Oh, I'm definitely, no, and by the way, I'm not really debating his greatness. All I'm saying is, is that all of these things that people try painting this picture, it's not as true as people are saying. If, if LeBron James came out in today's game and said, oh, I think I'm going to have to take a year off because I can't handle all the attention and all the pressure, oh, my goodness, he would be eaten alive. MJ does it, and no, and no one bats an eye, except he goes and bats balls in baseball. and then that's, you Very know, badly, you too. Know. Very bad at baseball, you know, too. tip, man. All right, man. Take care. Thanks, Appreciate boy. it. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, four five seven nine four six four. What we got going on wrong over there? I don't know. I put some button over just, here. It's just, like just, just hit the off button right there. Just hit it, the it, off it, button. It, it, I yeah, hit, it, hit, it, hit, that, hit that off. Look, this one right here. Right there. Right there. Right there. Oh, there we go. The hell is wrong with you? I don't know. Still you can't handle working. the pressure, MJ. You Crazy. can't handle the pressure. Crazy. We'll be back in a moment. More of the Justin Kinner show next. Long live MJ. <laughs> Uh, he's always traded Jerry Krause. That's right. And so I um, I want to get him on the show maybe tomorrow because he said Jordan, you know, really kind of comes off poorly in in all this because he's such a a, um, a grudge carrier. And, and, it, and he talked about Call his William Brockman and Sons Heating and Air Conditioning. We're offering $1,600 in rebates or enjoy payments as little as $116 a month on a new Linux system. Call 937-222-8638 today. Conditions apply. See dealer for details. Ohio license number 14911. Unlock the potential of your outdoor world at your locally owned Cub Cadet dealer, East Lawn & Garden, with innovative zero-turn mowers, lawn tractors, utility vehicles, and professional products. Every Cub Cadet machine is engineered with you in mind to deliver incredible strength, durability, and comfort. And only your local dealer stocks genuine parts, accessories, and trained service technicians to keep your equipment running at peak performance for years to come. Commercial products are intended for professional use. Visit East Lawn & Garden, 1632 East Route 36 in Urbana. Your local Cub Cadet dealer. Justin Kidder Show, right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. All right, we welcome you back. Justin Kidder, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. It's Justin Kidder Show, streaming live at wingam.com. Tomorrow, of course, we already talked about the, uh, the opponents on the Bengals schedule and the Browns schedule for 2020. The schedule will be released Thursday night at 8 o'clock on the NFL Network. Former Ravens coach, Super Bowl winning head coach Brian Billick, he'll set quarterback. This is the I shouldn't say the parity in the NFL, but quarterback parity. The the talent of quarterbacks in the NFL right now might be as good as it's been in a while, or at least deep as it's been in a while. I shouldn't say talented, but as deep as it's been in a while. Kansas City best team in the league? Yes. Worst team in the league is Is it Jacksonville? Man, who would that be right now off the top of your head if you're just looking at the league? Uh, and I know I'm probably missing an obvious. Carolina? You know, I think Carolina's close. Uh, you know, the Chargers, depending on who they get. If, if Tyrod Taylor's your quarterback in 2020, I don't know if you're the worst talented team, but record-wise, you're going to have one of the worst records in the league. Um, I'm not sold on, on Jacksonville. Houston, if they're not careful, they're going to screw themselves up big time. Um, Buffalo was in the playoffs last year. The Dolphins dramatically improved. Patriots are the Patriots. The Jets, you know, they have Sam Darnold. They have Le'Veon Bell. They, you know, they added, you know, Frank Gore earlier today. I mean, the Redskins are close to me. That's what I'm saying is even the teams I'm listing at, 
they still have weapons that you look at and say, man, if you just add a piece or two, they're right back in it. For the worst team in the league, it's got to be. Pam, <laughs> he said it, not Pam, me. Pam. <laughs> it's, a, it's a three-way situation between Detroit, <laughs> the Bengals, and Washington. I think me. that the Bengals is, you know, me. I'm always looking for a way to take a shot at Cincinnati. I don't think they're, I don't even think they're bottom five. Really? I think they're, they are, they are one offensive line with a brain away. They are one offensive lineman away with a brain away from being a super competitive team in the NFL. Um, I think that, look, I wouldn't be surprised if they win nine games. It's one of those where they could win four or five, but by the end of the year, you can look at it and say, well, with all the talent that they added this offseason, yeah. I mean, there's no excuse as to why they couldn't win nine or ten. We just looked at their schedule or their opponents. There's, It's not a gauntlet of a schedule that they have coming up in 2020 either. So uh, it's interesting. I think their success is going to depend on just how good the Browns are uh, and how much improved the Steelers are. If you could, if you can get two wins between the Steelers and Browns right there, you know I think it's a lot to expect them to get a win against Baltimore. But then again, that offense—if that offensive line clicks in any kind of direction—there's no excuse. If Joe, I mean, if everyone, if every, everything that they've said about Joe Burrow. If he could even remotely do a fraction of that in the NFL in his rookie season with the wide receiver group that he has and the run game, I'm not making excuses. Rookie or no rookie, I don't care. You have too much talent around you. Best case scenario, win-loss for the Bengals. Nine. Nine-seven. Oh, oh, my goodness. I'm being – look, and I I think that when you look at the Bengals' schedule, I I think that Dallas is not good enough – to say that they will for sure beat the Bengals. I think that the Bengals could beat Dallas. I don't think that the Dallas Cowboys are that much better than the Bengals. Nine? I think that the Cowboys have more talent, but again, we saw that that talent last year didn't click. They missed the playoffs. They were horrible last year at the end of the season, and the Cowboys took a step back. So the Cowboys, I, I'll be jet, I, I, I would pick Cincinnati over the Cowboys just to be because they're at home. You know, the Cowboys at home. Well, let's wait because, like you said earlier, let's wait to see w- when these games actually happen. You know, Chargers, Giants, Jaguars, Cowboys split with the Browns. That's four. Split with the Steelers. That's five. Yet the Colts, the Redskins, and the Dolphins. That's eight right there. Because, like you were talking about, the Cowboys last year they got all their wins basically in September, and so say we don't know. Maybe the first game of the season is. Bengals and Cowboys. When the Cowboys are always good at the beginning of the season, like that's that's why I don't. That's why I want to see where these games lay out. Or say, shoot, it's the Bengals go Ravens, Cowboys, Steelers. Like you know, it's it's a gauntlet of these games. So do me a favor though. Remind me of the acquisitions they made on defense because I know you're high on the defensive acquisitions they made. I know they signed Vaughn Bell. Once a Buckeye, always a Buckeye. But I don't know who else they signed. Well, hold on, because we're going to get into the Bengals' okay. depth chart and all that stuff too, as far as that, how that matches up with the schedule coming up uh, around the corner. But as far as defensively goes, look, they kept Atkins and Dunlap, obviously, but they added DJ Reader. Okay, Reader was a big uh, acquisition right there, as far as that's concerned. All right, but when you start looking at some of the secondary guys that they were able to go out uh, and, and get, look, and these aren't even the best secondary guys that are out there, but it was just the main point of getting guys that weren't the same guys that were part of your losing seasons the last couple of years. But I love that they added the pass rusher up front, and, and again, just being able to go out and the Trey Wayans and, and guys like that to be able to upgrade at those positions was huge. They still need to address linebacker a little bit. I'm a little concerned about that. Um, 
But yeah, it's offensive line. It's not a Super Bowl roster, but it's also not a hey, are we going to be in position to take the you know second or third best player in the draft next year? They're not that bad. Oh, Trey Wayne's from Michigan State, Minnesota. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. okay, so I'm with that. I, yeah, but I, like I said, Geno Atkins, Dunlap. You had Reader into the mix. That's quite a impressive. I mean, you got some weapons on the defense as far as pass rush is concerned. We'll see. Like I said, that schedule—it's a winnable schedule. It's a and by the way, for Bengals fans to laugh and, and I'm getting now you see Bengals fans like you can't win. Like you're delusional if you think they that can was win not nine a games. Either. That's you, as much oh, you're delusional, you're, you're delusional you if you think that they can win nine games. So when I tell you that your team is bad, you get mad. When I say, hey, I think that you, there's eight to nine wins on this schedule if Joe Burrow is who you say he is. Well, he's a rookie quarterback. I don't care. You guys may every time Baker Mayfield stepped on the field his rookie season, Bengals fans were just ready to give him the business no matter what. I didn't hear any Bengals fans say, Oh god, guys, we're being a little hard on Baker Mayfield. He's just a rookie. Hell no. So worst case scenario for the Bengals record wise. I'd have to go back and look at all 16 games and see. But there's not a whole lot of that team's definitively head and shoulders better than them that they can't beat. They could beat everyone on the, the, the Ravens. They're 0-2 already. They're not beating the Ravens. And the, so and you, say, you they, said best-case scenario, nine wins. I was looking at best-case scenario, five, six wins. There are four losses in their division already. They're splitting with the Browns. They'll split with the Steelers. They'll lose to the Ravens twice. Yes. So that's four. That's four losses right there, you know, before you even, you know, we talk about the others. But, like, the the Redskins, you should beat the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if we're talking what? So that's, so what we, wins-wise, so we split with the Browns, split, so that's two. Redskins, that's th- that's a third win. Dolphins, a fourth win. Uh, we're talking, I th- the Giants, fifth win. Jaguars, sixth win. Cowboys is up in the air game. I think they lose to the Texans. I think you can beat the Colts. Mm. I'm a little higher on Jacksonville than you are. You must be high in general. Who we got? Four five seven nine four six. Well, who's this? We got Nick. Nick, what's up, Nick? Uh, you you have it off. Oh, Nick. There we go. There we go. Sorry, Nick. We're still learning over here. I, I think Nick went bye bye. Nick, call back, man. Four five seven nine four six four. There we go. Did it work? It didn't. See? Oh, it didn't. It was gone, gone. Oh. Well, we're figuring this out, nonetheless. So so All right, four five seven nine four six four. That's the number to call in and join on the conversation. We're going to get back, uh, back into this Michael Jordan conversation more. The Last Dance documentary, because uh, like I said, when I'm watching it the whole time, I'm just picturing just Kev. Just oh, Michael Jordan. Oh, Michael Jordan. I love you, Michael Jordan. You're the best. You should see my outfit. I believe I can fly. <laughs> you have an outfit. Absolutely. I don't even want to know. A Jordan tracksuit. I switch up my shoes every commercial break. It's great. I did learn a lot about that. Almost part thought of it about too. shaving my head. I did learn a lot about that part of it too. The shoes. Ooh. I didn't realize like Nike has not always been the big. Actually, I knew Converse. Well, we used to be the big dog. Then they went away. But I didn't realize like Adidas played such a huge role uh, in that too. And then they have to be kicking themselves. Was it Converse who had Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and and Bernard King mm-hmm. and some of those guys too? Yeah. Was it Bernard King. Yep. So they said, okay, MJ, uh, if we can't pay you more than these guys, man, I bet you they're kicking themselves. Yeah, man. Well, now Converse is owned by Nike, so there you go. It kind of, you know. <laughs> no, the biggest takeaway from that, from the whole Jordan and Nike relationship was, you know, the real MVP of it, Michael Jordan's mom. He didn't want to go. His mom made him go. They offered him the most money. And then that's where dad comes into play. Uh, you're taking this money. 
they're offering you double what the other people are. So you're going to take it and like it. And then eventually, <laughs> they sold a whole bunch of shoes. He signed for a lot more money, and now he's made billions off of dealing with Nike, man. So, shouts out to his mom, most importantly, for making him go take that meeting. Mama's boy. Absolutely. I am one, too. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying. Hey. Did you like... I, I like the part where he couldn't... He wasn't. He couldn't handle the press, so he had to have his daddy go out and tell him to leave him alone. <laughs> he had to have his dad go out and yell at the media for him because he couldn't handle it. Poor MJ. Hey man. Poor MJ. You, you, you country boy, man. What other athlete out there hey, is having their parents fight their battles for him? <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm Johnny just curious. Manziel. No, I'm mean like a successful one. <laughs> <laughs> a successful one. You just brought a Johnny Manziel into a Michael Jordan conversation. I'm just saying, Oofa. he did. Another Cleveland great. <laughs> Hour three, the Justin Kinner Show next. Justin Kinner Show, live here on ESPN Dayton. the Justin Kinner Show. We're off and rolling. How are you? Happy Tuesday. It's Tuesday, right? I think so. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on a Tuesday, so there's that. Uh, a lot to get into here in this final hour. Uh, we already took, we've already taken a look at the Browns' opponents for 2020, the Bengals' opponents for 2020. Mel Kuyper put out his big board for 2021. Uh, as you would imagine, Trevor Lawrence, number one on that board. Of course, a lot of Buckeye fans say, oh, Trevor, are you kidding me? I mean, look at Justin Fields. And I was I don't really I'm not using the head to head. You know, Trevor Lawrence didn't beat Justin Fields. Justin Fields if they would have beat Clemson, Justin Fields didn't beat Trevor Lawrence if that was the case in the Fiesta Bowl. I don't like head to head matchups because it's not Trevor Lawrence against Justin Fields in the Fiesta Bowl, it was Ohio State's defense against Trevor Lawrence right. and Clemson's defense against Justin Fields. So I hate when people say, Well, I heard Mel Kiper uh, say that today when they asked about oh man, well, you know, Trevor Lawrence would you if if uh, Trevor Lawrence was in this year's draft. Would you, should the Bengals have taken Trevor Lawrence or or Joe Burrow? And Mel Kiper says, "Oh no, I mean, you know, you got to take Joe Burrow. I mean, look, he won the head-to-head. That has nothing to do right. with anything." <laughs> like I said, the same thing about the whole J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor thing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Ohio State has a better defense than Wisconsin, so they're going to shut him down. <laughs> like that's like, that's just the fact of the matter. They're not playing against each other. They're not out here racing and doing all that type of stuff. So I agree with you 100% on that. So, and the other part, too, like when people would get mad that J.K. Dobbins is clearly the better back than Jonathan Taylor. I don't think there's a clearly anything. I'm not saying that Jonathan Taylor is clearly better than him. I don't think Dobbins is clearly better than him. I just think that they were two of the best running backs in football. ETN was really good. Yep. Uh, you know, Hilaire, uh, whatever his name is, out of LSU, <laughs> that was actually the first running back taken yeah. off the board. So, you know, the kid from Florida State even went mm-hmm. off the board first uh, before Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins. So three running backs, or two running backs went off the board before the two Swift. best. Swift, so three. So three running backs came off the board before the two best running backs in the eyes of most in the in the, in college football this year went off. Uh, but yeah, that drove me nuts. Jonathan Taylor was responsible for like 60-70% of the team's touchdowns. Dobbins is responsible for less than 20. And they both had about the same amount, the same yeah. amount of yards and everything, but that just shows you how explosive the offense was. Is that Their numbers were similar, but Taylor was responsible for 70% of the scoring for his team. Dobbins only 20, but that just shows you how much they relied on the arm of Fields and the legs of Fields as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there's that. But with that being said, let's get back into this. So the, the, last, the last dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, 
Uh, I caught up on that. Man, I can't. <clears throat> there we go. There yeah, we go. Yeah. I just don't even have some water around here. Uh, with that being said, yeah, yeah, that's been sitting there a while. I don't really <laughs> trust that, even if it is a water bottle. Do you trust water bo- bottled water that's been sitting there for like two weeks? <laughs> no. Not you, if it's been opened. And it's it's mine, but I still sure. don't want to. Oh, I know it's mine, but it doesn't mean that someone else ain't walking around saying, oh, I'm a little thirsty. Parched. Can never be too cautious right now. All right, so uh, I caught up on the uh, the last Dance Michael Jordan documentary last night, and uh, just like every other episode, I mean, literally, just gl- time flies by. When you're watching that, if you're watching it back-to-back hours, it's the fastest two hours ever. Like, it's unbelievable. That's just how good this documentary is. I'm not anti-MJ, however. Uh, I make notes. I jot down little notes. Because Kevin believes that there is God, and then there's Michael Jordan. Like, And I don't even know if you put them in that order. I'm not 100% sure how you rank the two, to be honest with you. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm watching this, and I'm like, man, this Bulls team, this MJ, this, you know, Pippen and, and Rodman and, and all the, I mean, a bunch of little whiny girls, man. That's all they did is complain. Uh, I'm not getting the attention I want. I want to go to Vegas. Oh, I need Scotty Pippen back. Oh, I want paid more. Oh, oh my, my goodness. <laughs> Unbelievable. It, they're so lucky that Twitter was not around in the 90s. They're so lucky that Facebook wasn't around in the 90s. They are so lucky. I mean, they are so soft that they literally threw temper tantrums because of newspaper clippings. Because some writer wrote in a newspaper something that they did. That they did. Not that they thought, that they actually did. I don't get it. I have no. It, I love when people say, "Oh, it was tougher back then." Really? You had MJ crying about newspaper articles. Imagine if he existed when Twitter was around. If he, if his playing days were, you know, if Twitter was around. You know, try going to Vegas till two in the morning the night before a playoff game when Twitter was around. You couldn't handle it when an article in the newspaper came out the next day. Your ass would have been exposed the second of. If Twitter was around in the 90s. And then he couldn't, I mean, that's the thing. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, are you serious? Like, he's literally looking at the camera. Man, I just I can't wait for this season, and I can't handle this. I can't handle it. I would lo- oh, I'm sitting up in my hotel room. Oh, this is the only peace and quiet I get. It's just stressful. And by the way, I'm sure it is. Don't get me wrong. But if you're asking me to feel b- sorry for a billionaire who, you, you know, is the most famous guy in the world, I don't feel bad for you. Sorry, <laughs> I don't. Uh, and he couldn't handle the pressure and quit. LeBron James has been playing for, what, 17 straight seasons? No stopping, you know, no stopping, no stopping in sight. I mean, we could say he's soft all you want, but my goodness, MJ quit because he was soft and couldn't handle the media. The media. <laughs> oh, they're writing stuff about me in a newspaper. Oh, everyone feels sorry for me. He couldn't handle playing in the day. You talk about oh LeBron, he couldn't handle playing in the days of the Jordan rules. Well, soft little MJ couldn't handle playing in the days of Twitter. How about that? He literally said he was quitting that year because oh he couldn't handle all the all the media being mean to him. Oh, because they, all they did was tell him how great he was his whole career. But this year, because they called him out for his gambling stuff and being out till 2 in the morning the night before a playoff game. Oh, yeah, MJ, you had it so rough. Yeah, give me a break. He's not as so, tough as people give him credit so for. So you missed the whole part about... I missed fact. nothing. Yes, you did. I didn't miss Cause, anything. Cause you, Those you were facts. Only, that <laughs> happened. <laughs> okay, so you missed the whole part about that he has to be on all the time. He has to be Michael Jordan all the time. He can't ever go out the house being like, I'm just Mike going out to have a burger with my kids. He has to be on all the time. The bond handles are just I'm fine. just saying, I'm, I'm, just point, once, I'm just pointing out the stuff once that you... In 17 years. I'm, just point, I'm pointing out the stuff that you neglected to, to mention. There's nothing to mention. I that, just, that's yeah, also, that's also the pressure what he said. Of being MJ. What do you mean the pressure of being MJ? Okay, so what does that mean? That he means retired. He quit. He retired. No. If he retired, he wouldn't have come back. He retired. So did the media attention die down when he came back? At number, at number 45, did, did, did the media attention die down the second three-peat? No. He retired. the same thing. He retired and said, I have nothing else to prove. I'm losing my love for the game. I'm out. 
He was mad because the media was no longer telling him no, how that, great he was. No, that's your narrative. That's, that's what you're that's saying. A, I watched the documentary. No, 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 I wrote no. it down. He no, that, absolutely. See, they getting, wore him you're getting, down. You're getting no. confused. You, you are. Everyone rips LeBron James. They you have are little, getting they have little small clips of him. Oh, he's a flopper. He MJ would never flop. Blah 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 blah. You're getting no. no I was telling you, I'm you're getting you. confused. Michael the, is soft. He's softer mentally than LeBron. The clip, the clip that they're talking about with him being in the hotel room, that was in the quote unquote present day in the like the '98 season. Mm -hmm. When he retired the first time was after they won a championship. Yes. And he's going to state in this upcoming episode, he's going to say this in the press conference. I have nothing else to prove. I've lost my love for the game. I'm out. But also, before also, that, also, that, that also, season, all he kept talking about was how the media had turned on him and how stressed he was about that. that you know, his dad was having to come out and defend him. And I mean, he had to literally send his daddy out there to tell the media. That is also nice not true. That is very that true. That is also not true. I, there was a video of it. I saw it. No, 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 no. That he did not. You just said. Was that not his dad? You just said he sent his dad out there. You said he sent his dad out there. He didn't send his dad it's out It's Michael there. Jordan. If you don't want something there. to happen, it doesn't happen. If Michael Jordan so, says, Dad, sit your ass down, he sits his ass down because it's Michael Jordan. So What? No. Trust me. Nothing that, happened in life that Michael Jordan did not want to have know? happen. How do you know? Because it's Michael Jordan. That's all you Jordan folks say. No, that's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. He said his dad went out there and said it. Okay. Okay. And well, he, so he, he was said, the Nick Bosa of the 90s? Is that what you're saying? Probably. Probably. Mm -hmm. Most likely. <laughs> Unbelievable. He retired. And I don't I don't I don't get the point. I don't get good. You keep trying to cuten it up with the word retire. And that's, that's what, what he, happened. That's what he called it, yes. That's, that's what, what happened. Retiring. The Why first time. Why the he, first time he. The first time he yes, retired. I know he retired. He retired because he had had enough because the media was no longer telling him how great he was. They no. were starting to point out the flaws with the gambling and everything else that was going on. You'll yes. see in episode seven that he says he retired because he lost his love for the game. I know he what that. But that's a result of and what? His old, and his old man got murdered. He didn't quit because of that. I don't care what anyone says. He didn't quit because <laughs> of that. How do you know what? How do you know? How do you? Because he said it. Oh, that but when I lie. told you, he said, but when I told you, I was alive. And, and I saw him. I was, it. I was uh, let's see, that would have been you 90, what, 93. I was five. Thank you very much. You so technically, I was. <laughs> I was alive. Now, with that being said, then he retired again. Said, then he retired again and came back. So he quit he, twice, okay? He retired. Quit and twice. he came back mm -hmm. because he wanted ownership of a team. Yeah. You, you know how many people that's a business the move. I, didn't Beyonce on the team? I don't see her out there dribbling a basketball. Well, Beyonce had far, has far more more money than Michael Jordan had at that time. Oh, so Michael Jordan was poor, and that's why he no. had to play. They don't make the you Michael don't Jordan make the poor? money they make make today. Oh, geez. Oh, they don't geez. make the money they okay. make today. Now listen, you said. That's what Michael Jordan said. Well, let me tell you what else Michael Jordan said. Michael Jordan also said on those little like clips or whatever, take that hotel room one off the table. Even the clips when that book was coming out from the report about the behind-the-scenes stuff, that's when things really started unraveling for him. That's when the media <laughs> really started to go at him and not instead of talking about all the great commercials and all the great endorsements and everything else he's doing, that's when they started going into, well, maybe his teammates aren't as keen on him is what we thought you know there you know he is a little bit of a pain in the ass behind the scenes oh you know he is going out you know before they uh, talked about the Knicks game that Knicks game that series had a lot to do with why he also left and he even says that in the documentary yeah. that's what I'm saying it's soft if LeBron said oh man uh all the media keeps saying that I had to pair up with Dwayne Wade to win the championship you know what this just isn't fun for me anymore I'm gonna retire <laughs> you would rip him everybody would rip him 
Everybody. LeBron has played for 17 straight years. No quit, no end in sight. So that makes him a better basketball player? I didn't say that. I'm all I'm saying asking. is, is but, but sitting there, I, I hear nothing but you know all the MJ lovers and the LeBron haters is how soft LeBron is. Really? Watch this documentary and tell me how hard Michael Jordan is. I said quit LeBron twice, Quit because the media wasn't nice to him, and that was before social media. I mean, the players today, I mean, they're the mental abuse they take just from having social media. My mental goodness. abuse on social media? Okay. Social media abuse from the Chicago so, Tribune. Social media is just like a newspaper. If you don't want to read it, you don't have to. Okay, everyone. You know, physically, you don't have to go pick up a newspaper like that's MJ what I'm saying. Every clip that they had of MJ, he's sitting there with the newspaper. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It. It's the exact same thing. If you but don't want thing, to read stuff about yourself, you don't have to read it. That's fine. But also, okay, LeBron can't turn on the television. can't go to a website. can't pick up his cell phone. Every single thing is about him. Every single thing is about him. Everything was about Michael Jordan back then as well. Yes. Little newspaper clippings. And the news, don't turn on the TV, don't pick up a newspaper. No, Fine. Michael Jordan was beyond. But you have to have a cell phone in 2020. Beyond, Michael Jordan was beyond just newspaper clippings. He's on, was on local, was every on local Twitter? news station. Was he on Twitter in the 90s? No. So what was, so was the Facebook beef for MJ in the 90s? What was that like? Hey, man, that's not his problem. That's not no, my problem Luckily it wasn't because he would have quit sooner. Because, he might have quit. We'd be talking about the, the last dance MJ's two-peat because he couldn't handle a three-peat. Just because, because people are addicted to social media that people have to have self-gratification to look at themselves and look in shares and retweets and have burner accounts of this generation, that is soft. That is soft, having burner accounts and looking up and, and making sure people are saying the right things about you. That is soft. Kevin Durant is soft. I agree. <laughs> Kevin Durant is very soft. I, I agree a million percent. million percent. I, don't, I couldn't no I can't disagree. But I mean, I'm not, I, we're not talking about Kevin Durant. I didn't say. LeBron don't have I'm, burner I'm, accounts I'm that bring, we're aware of. Yeah, there you go. Well, we don't know. We, you're we all about know. you're all about knowing. Well, we don't know. So we're gonna play that game. We don't know. Well, you don't. I, I just I just agreed with you. So I'm telling you this: you're gonna take everything MJ says, point you know, face value. I retired because my father passed away. That's what you actually think. Actually, I, and he never came out and said that. Yeah, he did. I was alive. We can pull it up on the door. Pull it up. But bottom YouTube. line is this: I don't believe him. <laughs> I don't believe him. So, so, so no why? Matter, so, so why? So, so just like I said. So, so just like I said before the documentary started. You're competitive the people, enough to go play baseball. People, if you were really that distraught people, because your father passed away, well, you don't play any sport. You go home and you mourn and you get you you know you get. To how do you season. tell somebody how to mourn? You go. You, you can't you leave, tell somebody how to mourn. You leave basketball, which, by the way, your team won 50 games without you. Went to the Eastern Conference Finals without you. How have LeBron's teams done ever since? And then what leave? happened? They what was their record? What was their record a year after that? Year after that, when he came back. No, no, no. The year when he came, the year after he came back, what was their record before he came back? Because he he was retired for an entire season and he came back in February. Year. And came back in February. Okay. What was their record then? Do what you know the, that? No, I do not. They were a 500 team. Okay, that's fine. And you know what the Cavs were when LeBron left both times? They were barely being considered an NBA team. That's not that's who's that? that that's the, the no that shows you the value of LeBron to a team versus MJ to a team no that shows that's you that, that shows also you, shows you by the way that shows you that Horace Grant was still on the team that shows you John Paxson was still on the team that shows you B J Armstrong was still on the team but I thought three MJ started, didn't play with three anybody start, I three thought starters, that MJ, three starters from I thought, a three, I three starters from a company. three team I thought it was MJ. Uh, no no so, you said that yeah, but look at the Cleveland Cavaliers after LeBron left you still had Kevin Love you still had J R Smith you still had all those guys from the team that went to the finals for four straight years when he came back to Cleveland minus Kyrie which they still got to the finals even without Kyrie that shows you how valuable LeBron is so the fact that LeBron leaves and the Cavs can't even make the playoffs I mean they literally don't even look like an NBA team the second LeBron leaves and you still have sprinkles from the NBA finals four, or four straight finals appearance team that was on there so that just makes them better 
No, it's easy to be MJ when you got Pippen and Grant and all those guys as you talked about. It's a lot diff more difficult to be LeBron James when you have Anderson, Verizhao, and Zydrunas Ogalskis as your second and third best player, and he takes him to the finals. But yet we're going to hold the finals record against LeBron because he drug Verizhao and Zydrunas Ogalskis to a so finals. When MJ couldn't get to the finals. That first year that he got to a finals, yeah. MJ, oh, the big battle was, oh man, he can't do it, he can't do it. Finally, Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson and everyone comes around to save him. <laughs> Who was, saving, who was saving LeBron James that to first year in the finals? How can, someone, the how, can, year? how can somebody say the best player in the league? He's the was the best player in the league. Really? Because the yes. best player in the league today takes teams to the finals regardless of who's around him like LeBron did. The, so you mean to tell me that there's a player on the same level as the Magic Johnson? There's a player like that in the NBA today. Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard of all time. And LeBron's the greatest player of all time. Who's this? Four five seven nine four six four. Caller, what's up, man? How are you? Just remind him how weak the East is that LeBron went through. And, remi and I'll remind you how weak the NBA was. You had six expansion teams in the 90s, so what's your point? Oh, stop it. The New York no, no, you were facts. dominant. The, the Celtics were good. The Warriors are dominant. The Warriors are dominant. And? Well, since when did the Golden State Warriors play in the East? They don't. And you're right. That's how you can get to all the championships. And and apparently Michael couldn't even beat the best in the NBA to get to the championship anyway. So what does it matter? He did. He beat the defending champs. Oh, how long did it take? How long did it take to get there? I mean, that's what the whole documentary is about. Is oh, finally he has help because he can't do it alone. He beat the LeBron time NBA champs. And LeBron beat you the defending. And I'm answering. You yeah, I'm telling you, like LeBron and the Cavs beat the Detroit Pistons, the defending NBA champs. You guys champs. don't even need a radio show. Just talk to yourselves. <laughs> Why'd you even call in with that dumbass comment? Just drop him. Anyways, so I don't even know what that was about, but the point is just talk to yourselves. What what does that even mean? Hi, Justin. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. <laughs> How are you, Kevin? I'm good. Question. I wish I would have got that moron's name, to be honest with you. Question. Anyways. Question. What? You said you take notes on, on the documentary. Yep. Taking them now. <laughs> Deep dive. Deep dive. What else did you talk about? Because we're going to go around and around and around in a circle about this. That, that's my note right there. Can you can read I say that? You can't read that. You can't say that on the air. But that, that's one of my notes. What right. else did you take away that's from the documentary? My note right there. Um, the other one was about the pressure on him to to back a, a political candidate. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of any of putting pressure on any sports athlete out there to back any candidate. I also think that we overhype what that political whatever you know endorsement means. I mean LeBron James, who's the biggest athlete in Ohio backed Hillary Clinton and uh, last I checked we still don't have a female president so uh, I mean and she didn't even win Ohio so that's why I'm like uh, clearly the LeBron James thing like you know what I mean I, I'm not a big fan of telling athletes that they have to you know putting pressure on them to have to do it if they don't want to Michael Jordan was a very smart businessman too and he was very well aware hey you gotta toe that line MJ right. never revealed which side of the fence he was on he just said hey as from a business standpoint you can't sit there and only relate to one side you right. got to be able to appeal to the masses and and that's kind of my thing about that is you know i get it i understand the business aspect of it and personally do i want my athletes voicing their uh opinions and having a stance absolutely but everybody's not going to be muhammad ali and that's what people like myself need to understand we can't expect them to be politically aware about every cause that goes on in the country we can't because at the same time when they do that if they speak out of turn if they say the wrong thing if they are misinformed 
then they're going to get wrecked. So I get it. I get why he wouldn't speak up on that. But what I prefer and do I like the fact that LeBron does it. I love the fact that LeBron speaks up and speaks his mind. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Justin Kinner show. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here. Reaction to the Last Dance, uh, the Michael Jordan documentary. Uh, that of course everyone has been talking about, and just the takeaways there. But yes, the right, the easy argument to act like there was only good teams in the '90s, and that LeBron has faced no good teams here. That's why I said the other day. The difference is, is that the team that kept MJ from getting to the finals was the equivalent to what MJ LeBron has run into. And the NBA Finals. Yes, the Eastern Conference is really, really has not been very, very strong. I completely get that. But again, I disagree with that. But that's cool. No, the Eastern Conference has always been bad. I, I the only the, I get what that last caller was trying to say. He just you know you want to call in and be a jerk. You're, we're going to be a jerk bag. That's just how it works. <laughs> uh, I get what he was saying that there's really no, no dominant. Look, there, how many times has there been a favorite to win the championship coming out of the East? Over the last two decades, every year it's the team out. Of, it's a team out of the West that's projected to win the NBA Finals. So, and that's been the, whether it's the Warriors, whether it's the Spurs, whether it's the Lakers. I mean, hell, even the one year that Miami was the favorite to win it, the Dallas Mavericks won it. So, mm -hmm. it, it's been very West dominant. Yeah. So, but my point is, is that LeBron, who does get to the NBA Finals, didn't run into as many roadblocks in the East, you know, to get to the finals. But when the roadblocks that he did run into were the roadblocks that MJ ran into in his conference that kept him from getting to the finals. So we're at, like every time he would lose to the Pistons, every time he would lose to the Celtics, we would just say, oh, that's part of the journey. And then when he would get to the finals and he finally overcame that mountain, everyone's like, oh, look, he's so dominant in the finals. Well, you ran into the best teams in the league. You beat the best teams in the league to get to the finals. LeBron's running into the best teams in the league in the finals. That's my biggest argument of I hate when people try to use the, the finals argument about look at all the finals that LeBron has lost when that's not always the same thing. I mean, because we're sitting there praising. I get what you're saying, but I don't think that's 100% accurate. That's a million percent. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. The Detroit Pistons, when they got over that hump, they were the two-time defending champ. Yes. But defending. during that season... Um, the Bulls had the best record in the league. Mm -hmm. The following season, they had the best record in the league when they beat Portland. And then the season after that, the Suns had the best record in the league, and they beat them. So although, once, once, uh, you're right, once they got over the hump, there was kind of no looking back. Is that what you're trying to say? Like, once they, yeah. once they got over the hump, there was no looking back. Yeah, but I think, I think the, the Warriors thing that, that the Cavs and LeBron had to deal with. I don't think that's what his challenge was. I believe his challenge was the Celtics, and especially during his, his tenure in the East. When he got knocked out in the playoffs, it was most of the time by the Celtics when he was with the Cavs, and even when they went to battles, when he went to Miami, he was going up against the Celtics. So when you talk about the Warriors situation, I don't, I don't, I don't correlate those two. I don't correlate them to being the bad boys Pistons. I just, I just, I see. But them we're as penalizing two LeBron. Things. I'm not penalizing but, LeBron. But, but for yeah, anything. we are because when you talk about the fact that if you look at the Pistons in the '90s, they were the team that MJ had to get uh, that MJ had to get over. But we're penalizing LeBron because in the Eastern Conference, he is the team that people had to get over. He was the Detroit Pistons. He was the team that people could not get past. So we penal so LeBron's dominant and we sit there and act like, oh well because he's because they're the best team in the East, that means everyone else is just garbage. Right. They and were I, the Detroit and Pistons. And in that so, same breath. So because MJ played on all those teams that weren't the best in his own conference, 
we're sitting there giving him praise because they finally overcame it. Well, LeBron's been on the top of the mountain the entire time. Every team that he's been on for the majority of his career in the East is always the top team in the Eastern Conference. So, we're, of course, he's not going to run into that bulldog that's keeping him out. Now, he ran into that with the, the Boston Celtics, but I don't think the Celtics were the problem. I think it's the fact that you had an aged Shaquille O'Neal. Your second best player was Mo Williams. Uh, it wasn't I mean, when you want to talk about what MJ had to get to get over that hump, do you think LeBron had that at all? No, he didn't have his Pippen. He didn't have anything like that. So no. the team didn't give it to him. He gave Cleveland nine year, or seven years to give it to him. They didn't give it to him, so he bounced, and he said, if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to go get it myself, and he did that. So the difference is, is he went to Miami to get his Scottie Pippen and to get his Rodman and them to where in Chicago – they had a better organization. They gave it to Michael Jordan. And we give Michael Jordan more credit for having it playing in a better organization. I don't think the Bulls are a better organization. Are you kidding? They built that whole championship team. Yeah. Jerry Krause built it. Yeah. The owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, is trash. Well, whatever. Think, Bottom line the is, ownership, is look, the ownership in Cleveland is way better. The, okay, whatever. You Dan see what Gilbert, I'm trying to say? Dan Gilbert, about, Dan Gilbert, Gilbert. Who's bringing in the talent? Dan, Gil, Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert. Well, he did a horrible job overspent, that first run in Overspent and tried everything. I don't think it's necessarily that. I think it's more along the lines of in the 90s, players had less control than they do in today's game. So in the 90s, if you're traded, you're traded. You go where you go. Now, dudes just say, I ain't going. And they don't go. And they control, like, I, there's great uh, information about LeBron talking to Wade. Uh, talking to Bosch, trying to get them to come to the Cavs. And they ultimately like, no, I'm not coming to Cleveland. So that's part of the reason why he went which, to the Heat. Which is fine, but the other... So I don't think again, it's all... Uh, I don't necessarily think it's all, the, it's all on the Cavs' fault. But I think it is, it's just like... It is on, oh, it's definitely... The, they can't draft in four five seven nine four six four. We're going to get to the calls here now, but... The thing is, the Cavs couldn't draft. They didn't draft well behind LeBron. See who that one is in the second one. Yeah. But, uh... The, once they got LeBron, they didn't draft well behind LeBron James. They didn't draft well behind him. They didn't. I mean, when you drafted MJ, you drafted Pippen. You drafted Kukoc. You drafted, you know, was it Horace Grant? You drafted mm -hmm. pieces. I mean, they drafted the entire championship team that they were able to put around Michael Jordan. The Cavaliers did not. The Cavaliers did not. They got, right, an aged, they got an aged Antoine Jameson. You got Mo Williams, who's a good player. But, again, we're talking about getting championship pieces, not Mo Williams, who wasn't bad. Okay, but Mo Williams, stop it. Like, we're talking about that's what we're comparing to what the Bulls put around MJ. The Cavs put Mo Williams around LeBron James and compared to Scottie Pippen and everyone else that the Bulls did. Forget, fine, Take you took my term of ownership and, and ran with it. I don't care about ownership. It's the decision maker who's bringing in the talent. And the Bulls did one hell of a job of building a team around MJ than the Cavs did around LeBron. And he gave him seven years. Which is also why I didn't blame Kevin Durant for leaving Golden State when he did or the Thunder when he did because he gave him nine years. He gave him nine years and they took they got to a finals and instead of adding to it they took pieces away. So I have no problem with players leave when you're not putting pieces around them. MJ never left. MJ never had a reason to leave. They kept drafting really good players and putting good players around him and firing the coaches that were good and bringing in even better coaches. MJ, I'm not going to give him praise for not leaving Chicago. He had no reason to leave Chicago. They drafted well. They put good players around him. LeBron left Cleveland both times because they stopped putting good players around him. Who we got? You got your buddy. What up, Ron? Man, you know, that most of your listening um, people are middle-aged to older, and you're disrespecting that guy like this. Ron, do you have anything? Yes, I do. Okay, what do you got? I'm just, I'm just saying, 
back in the day, man, the parody was so much better. I mean, crap, the West, you had Portland, Phoenix, Utah. I mean, you had the team. I mean, it wasn't like now where it's all lopsided. One, the East, the West is better than the East, you know? It's like, 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 I just don't get it, man. Like, with the Michael Jordan thing, it's like you're watching that thing just to find something. I'm not watching it. I'm wa and, and the people that like MJ are watching it just to find something, too, to, to solidify their mindset that, though, there's nothing better than, than Michael Jordan. Well, I just think it's a generation thing, too. I mean, the people that grew up with him, that's who they loved and watched and thought was the greatest. Now you got LeBron. And, and it's, I mean, he is awesome. He is really good. I give him credit. But, I mean, uh, Michael Jordan at least could be coached. I mean, he went, he, Dean Smith, okay, he coached him up well. Phil Jackson. LeBron James, who's his coach? Him? I mean, you're, you're, make, you're, you're trying to make an argument that is not out there. I actually agree with you. I've been, you can ask Kevin. I've been making the same points all last week. I said LeBron has actually left championships on the table because he hasn't had that. In, he has never gone out to say, I want to play for the best coach out there. He's always chosen to, you know, coaches that he's closer with. And I don't ever think he's picked the right coach. I think he's picked the guys that he's closest with. And that's not necessarily the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I give you credit for that. But I just think, you know, you. Like your, he did retire, and he did want to play baseball. It just didn't work, so he came back. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's why he left. He wanted to try something. He got tired of it, man. He just, I mean, what else could he accomplish? I mean, you think LeBron will, will top his numbers? Uh, I mean, possibly LeBron's well on his way to doing so. He's already passed him on the scoring list and other things. I mean, Mike or LeBron doing his thing. But yeah, either way. But anything else, Ron? No, I just yeah um. Your, your Browns, okay? Yeah. yeah. Who's the toughest opponent on their schedule this season that you think that'll give them fits? The Ravens. Okay, I agree with that. And the Steelers, right? I, I'm not saying the Steelers, no. I think that the Browns have more talent than the Steelers. And my last question is, do you really think that this will all go off on time like they're saying it will? I want to be optimistic and say yes, but uh, at the same the the NFL, the the quicker major if, if Major League Baseball does not happen at all, I don't think the NFL kicks off on time. If Major League Baseball happens in July like it like they're you know guessing it's going to, once there's live sporting events in the U.S., I think that's going to make it easier and open more doors for some of these other leagues to come back. But the NBA or Major League Baseball has to be you know, on display before I would be willing to commit to the NFL kicking off on time. And I'm hoping that they do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's always that next guy to hand the torch to. And, you know, LeBron's pretty much the guy. So, I mean, I just wanted to call and give you my th You know, I'm just, a, I'm 55. So, mm -hmm. I've I, I watched, I've seen, I don't have to watch a documentary. I, I've seen it person. You know what I mean? Yep. So. All right, Ron. All right, Adios. Hey, no, no Browns. No Browns. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Who we got up? Shouts out to my guy, Ron. We got Charles on the line right Charles, now. Charles, what's up, man? Welcome. Hey, man, you all right? You need to take a breath. That one guy got y'all fired up. You okay? I'm totally fine. All right. I'm having a great day. I wish it was a little warmer out, but I'm having a great day. I'm just, I'm just saying I could probably fire uh, eggs on your forehead right now because you're probably pretty hot right now with some of these cars calling in today. Ah, well, you know, just another day at the office. No, 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 look. 
you know, I have no problem with having an opposing opinion, but if you're going to give me attitude, I'm going to give you attitude back. I don't know why we have to act like, oh, I'm just supposed to sit here and let people talk to me however they want, and I'm supposed to sit here and just take it. Ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. And I know you're not like that. You're good. You mean, you know, you call the time. You're, you're fine. That you ain't, that's no, ain't a problem. You don't want whose name's on the show. My name's not on the show. Your name's on the show. So that's the big thing. Is. You're getting paid. I'm not. I just call in. I'm just that's giving, yeah, we're good. People. We're good. We're good. What's up, man? <laughs> but uh, the, the biggest thing is, like, I mean, it's a generational thing. I agree with the other guy. But you also got to realize, like, and I, I actually, like, the one caller said, hey, it's, it's the coaching thing. It's like LeBron has never really wanted to be coached compared to Jordan, who was coached. But the thing is, though, you got to realize that Jordan didn't want to fire or have Doug, Doug Collins fired. He loved Doug Collins. you got to realize that Jordan was, like, MVP in the league. He was winning the slam dunk. He was, like, leading the league in scoring. And then they didn't want to... That's when they switched to the Phil and the triangle offense, and he, yeah, was, he and wasn't then, thrilled about it at first, but I give him yeah. credit for accepting it and trying to, you know, you know, be a leader in it, you know? Well, the thing is, though, it's like Jordan was willing to have the ball taken out of his hands because he didn't I mean, really... He wanted the ball in his hands all the time because he wanted to score. He said, hey, why have the triangle offense when the last five seconds I got to go to Bill Cartwright to shoot? I mean, nobody wants that to happen. I mean, he didn't want that to happen. Bill didn't then, want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, though, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, me to you, hey, I grew up when Jordan was playing. That was my guy. I still think after just watching all this stuff, it kind of, like, solidifies my my thought process of, hey, you know what? I do like LeBron. Is LeBron probably going to break all the records for scoring, possibly assists, all that stuff? Yeah, he probably will because he's a stat builder machine because he always has to have the ball in his hand. But the thing is, though, you got to realize that Jordan didn't have as many games in his career as LeBron. Jordan hasn't played as many minutes as LeBron. Jordan didn't jump into the league when he was 6'18", like LeBron. So you got to realize that that was like three years of LeBron. LeBron was already a, an NBA player in high school. So you got to realize when he jumped right into the league, he was already putting up numbers. Where Jordan was in What college, was the rule for that? What was the NBA rule when MJ was in college as far as like, was there a restriction of how many years in college you had to mm -hmm. stay? So, you know. He, got, he, had to go, he had to play all the way up to his junior year. So he but he, but like, did he have that? I guess that's. I know no, he did that. that. I'm guessing people, people did he have just, to. People just didn't do it. They just didn't do it. So he could have gone yeah. straight from high school. Technically, technically. Yeah. And okay, that's all I'm curious. Like, so yeah. we're, we're talking about that. Like, as if we're talking. Like, if we're comparing quarterbacks and say, oh well, this quarterback was allowed to just go straight to the NFL out of high school and he's played younger. That's not the case. But anyways, that's an argument for later. But <laughs> well, no, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. But the thing is, though, like when when you have an athlete like LeBron. I mean, he jumps right in the leg, and he's already averaging like 25 points a game, and he's averaging like 6 and 6. Along with that, that's pretty amazing. I mean, not to say MJ couldn't have came in the league. I think when, if MJ would have came in the league, he would have been more like Kobe, starting off kind of slow, being like a highlight reel machine, putting mm -hmm. up some big numbers, stuff like mm -hmm. that. If Jordan would have tried to come in straight from high school to the NBA, he would have busted out. He needed to go to college. He needed that coaching and the fundamentals that he learned in college. There was absolutely no way Michael Jordan could have played in the NBA as an 18-year-old the way LeBron did. Absolutely not. LeBron, LeBron James, LeBron James by far was more prepared as an 18-year-old than any other player. More than Kobe Bryant. More than Kevin Garnett more than any other 18-year-old player ever to come in the NBA straight out of high school. At Just at that juncture in the NBA, you're dealing with grown men. Like, at the, in, the NBA was a much older league at the time. And well, when totally, LeBron totally came in the NBA, the, the NBA was much younger. I mean, I think the average age of an NBA player when Michael Jordan entered the league in 84 was 28 years old. 
you know that's a that's a grown man versus a, a 23 year old like you're not yeah, yeah. you're not doing anything like that and especially if you're 18 i mean i don't care how talented you are especially the way they were playing back then like you know you come to the lane you getting beat up at 25 you still limping around imagine minus 35 pounds an 18 year old yeah. was not going to handle that now, i don't care how talented you are but lebron coming in the nba at 18 19 years old and the nba he entered he was dominant and he did his thing very well and still doing it. And LeBron James is going to be the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. He's going to be top top 10 in rebounds. He's going to be top, probably like top 7 in assists. LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players of all time, hands no, down. I, I totally and the people that disrespect LeBron James are crazy. There's, there's only one other person I say that was pretty dominant when he went straight from high school to the pros. And he was putting up like 2015. That was Moses Malone. He went straight from high school to the mm-hmm. as well. And that, that was back in the 70s. And you're talking about a grown man's game back then. That was a grown man's game back in the 70s. They were definitely, defense was more uh, dominant than it was more of an offensive game. So, and I'll leave you guys with this. You ever heard, seen the quote where um, uh, Walt Chamberlain talked to Jordan one time years ago before he passed away? He said, listen, they go, they changed the game so I could dominate, but they changed the game for you to dominate. Did you ever guys hear that? I've seen that quote. That's yeah, I like that. That's interesting. I like that. But then you got to realize that the NBA's changed again. That'd be like if receivers in today's game, you know, wide exactly. receiver, you know, quarterbacks, exactly. you know, and all that stuff. But all right, hey, we got to hit this commercial break, Charles. See you guys. Take care. Four five seven nine four six four. We'll be back in a moment. Fourteen ten. Wing AM. Welcome back, Justin Pinner, Kevin Nash, back with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. You know one thing we have not thought about? What up? In college football, in athletics in general, the independent schools. Notre Dame. We just looked at the list that we looked. So what I mean is, like, for instance, if there is a college football season, we're already assuming, we're, you know, we're just going to assume that there is going to be no non-conference games. I would be very shocked if we see Ohio State, Oregon in 2020. Would I like to see it? Yes, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I would be very surprised if we see these teams make efforts to play teams outside of their conference for this season, knowing that, hey, we need to play as many games as we can with the least games as we can mindset at the same time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, they, they want to play as many as they can, knowing that they can't play all of them. That would be my assumption, okay? Um So I'm under the impression that we're not going to have, just based on who we've talked to and what we've read and what we know, that I will be very surprised if there are non-conference games played for college football in 2020. With that being said, so if like a school like Ohio State, if SEC, so so if Big Ten schools only play Big Ten schools in 2020, minus Rutgers, SEC, yeah, (laughs) if SEC schools only play SEC schools, ACC, so on and so on. Where does that leave Notre Dame? Because if all these conferences are going to knock out their non-conference opponents, what do you do when you are a program that you are everybody's non-conference opponent? Okay? Like, there is no, oh, we're heading into conference season for Notre Dame. It's you are everyone's non-conference game from beginning to end. Uh, we talked about those. You you know, we, we made those. Liberty, Army, BYU, New Mexico State, UMass, Notre Dame, UConn for one year, you said, right? Yeah. So what happened? I mean, what do you do? If you're Notre Dame. I mean, that also affects the ACC, too, because, you know, in football, Notre Dame plays, I want to say, a four or five game schedule for ACC opponents. And they play Clemson. So they got Wake. Uh, Ooh, man, they got some games. Uh, Wake Forest, Wisconsin, Stanford, 
at Pitt, Duke, Clemson, at Georgia Tech, Louisville, at USC. So now, and again, without having any official word that they're going to get rid of the non-con games, uh, what there is definite talk about is shortening the season. ESPN's Heather Dinich uh, put out an article earlier this afternoon stating that Notre Dame athletic director, uh, you know, basically came out and said that he is confident that the Fighting Irish can still play a full season even if Power Five commissioners resort to a conference-only schedule, which... I don't get that. How does that make any sense? If if the Power Five conferences say, hey, we're only going to play a conference-only schedule to shorten the season, how are you as Notre Dame's athletic director confident about, I mean, again, do you pair up with the other? I mean, this is the point where you might say, okay, this is probably where you need to get in a conference. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, not just this season, but you know what I mean. Like, that, that's the benefits of being in a conference. You have someone on top, you know, you're within working a group together. that you're working with. Maybe it's you dial up all the other uh, independents. Maybe you're dialing up your Mac schools because, hey, what if they say, hey, we'll come to Cause that could be a- Ohio. Like, what if Notre Dame is willing to go to Bowling Green? Like, look, we'll come to you just to get the games in. Like, that place will be packed for Notre Dame coming oh, to well. a Mac school. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't think about that. Yeah, See, you're right. Like, we're so used to thinking that way, but, like, no, I mean... And how pissed would you be if you are a <laughs> Mac, you know, football fan, and you have Notre Dame coming to your your school and you can't even go? I don't know. It's going to be, and I I do believe that college football rules are going to be way stricter with attendance than the NFL. I think that the NFL, like when you see these plans that are being put out for how to go, it's you know for what watching an NFL game in person will look like in 2020. I, I don't know how you do it. They're, they're talking about all these social distancing, you know, practices. Well, what does that mean? Do you sit every other row, like we said? Do you sit, you know, every other seat? You know, they're talking about special entrances into these stadiums, uh, you know, to help practice, you know, social distancing practices. I don't get that. I mean, if me and ten friends are going to a game, are we all going to have to? All right, you know, a line of ten people's, you know, six feet apart. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It might be an every other seat thing. But the every other seat thing doesn't accomplish anything. Right. Because when you're getting up and walking through people. Excuse me. Excuse, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. If you're one of those people, ugh. You know? And who who would you rather be? I think the safest seat at a game in 2020 is the middle seat. <laughs> you don't want any, like, people are like, oh, I want the aisle seat. I don't want the aisle seat because yeah. everyone's going to come rubbing past you. <laughs> like, you're still going to be. Think about when you are trying to slide through the aisles at games. Your back of your legs are touching the armrest. Your the front of your legs are bumping into the seat in front of you. Uh, you might oh oh sorry ma'am didn't mean to knee you in the head. I apologize. There's no like that's what I'm saying. Like I, I don't get that's why the social distancing things like I understand them, but when you're talking about going to a event, whether it be a concert, a sporting event, uh, I I saw that what some schools are going to be holding live graduations now. I I don't get what that's. I would I'm very curious what that's going to look like. Because you're not, there's no real way to keep everyone away from everybody unless you just keep everyone away from everything and mm-hmm. don't let them come to the game. It's going to be very interesting this season, man, if there's a season. We'll close this out more of the Justin Kinner Show next. Do you- Justin Kinner Show, right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. All right, that's all we have for you here today. This has been the Justin Kinner Show on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station, 1410. 
Wing AM, Justin Kinner, Kev Nash back with you here. So tomorrow's show, we will uh, on 1410 Wing Live. Tomorrow, Brian Billick, former Ravens coach, won a Super Bowl, now with the NFL Network. Uh, he's going to join me on 1410 Wing Live. We'll talk AFC North. We'll talk Browns, Bengals, Steelers, Ravens, uh, as well as the NFL schedule release. And they'll have the schedule release show uh, Thursday night, 8 o'clock on the NFL Network. And we're excited to have Brian Billick on tomorrow. Uh, so we'll get to that uh, on tomorrow as well. Ohio State basketball released uh, a portion of their non-conference schedule. We just had Chris Holtman on yesterday. We discussed, you know, the possibility of uh, what a you know a future matchup could look like between the Dayton Flyers and the Ohio State Buckeyes. So uh, make sure you check that out at WingAM.com. But we'll take a look at that as well. So we'll continue on uh, with all of that throughout the week until tomorrow. This has been the Justin Kinner Show on 1410 ESPN Radio. The tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered with basic plans starting at $100 a year. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for a basic liability policy not available in all states. Prices vary based on how you buy. You have to be up in five hours, two hours, six minutes. And when you hear, you realize that you haven't slept a wink. That's why there's Z-Quil Pure Z's, a drug-free blend of botanicals with an optimal dose of melatonin so you can fall asleep naturally with no next-day grogginess. It's available in both liquid and gummies, tastes great, and is non-habit-forming. Pick up Z-Quil Pure Z's from the sleep experts at Vic Z-Quil. Z-Quil Pure Z's, naturally superior sleep, available at retailers near you. Now-